yes, you are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Audit. And you know what? I done already messed up. Because my mama told me when I'm talking to grown-ups to take my glasses and my hat off. So I'm going to do that because I respect you, Mr. Logical. I'm going to take my glasses and my hat off and I'm going to be mature like an adult. Tonight, we got NFL picks. Thursday night football going on right now. Minnesota getting taken to the woodshed, just like I said they would. Then, you know, we got some college football, too. Can Rutgers go 3-0 and set up a big matchup with the Wolverines next week? And then we going to talk about the thing nobody wants to talk about. Load management. So, Mr. Logical, you're what it do. Yo, I'm just saying you got to make sure you take off your glasses and your hat, man. Yeah, you got to talk to these people, man. You know what I'm saying? So my mama taught me. Yo, I respect that man because that man said, you know what? I'm not going to let y'all 34 to 17 me. I want to get the full 59 to 7. You know what I'm saying? I want the whole personal experience. I'm trying to get fired after this loss. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Jay Norvell. And oh my goodness, props to the state of Colorado for giving us a Rocky Mountain showdown with two black coaches. Like, who would have thunk it? <laughs> yeah, one of them is a little bit more beige than black, though. That's all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not exactly Wesley Snipes over here, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he yeah, like me. school days. You Remember school days? <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, baby. I prefer, I prefer do the right thing. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm Mookie up in here. You know what I'm saying? But yes, you know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, please like, review, subscribe. Sports Reports is ordered. Coming to you once again. Live in effect. Get it off my chest. It's about that time. I'm going to get us started real quick. Yo, straight up, I hate fantasy football. <laughs> straight up, I hate it. You know what I'm saying? I cannot enjoy football while I'm playing fantasy football. And I'm tired of all you people out there minimalizing these people to your toys. Like, oh, he hurt his ankle. He's soft. Oh, I lost my fantasy game because he broke his leg. You know, forget the fact that a dude just broke his leg. You know what I'm saying? This is week one. You ain't winning no money and you ain't losing no money unless you're doing FanDuel. And I'll get to that later. But anyway, so, you know, like I remember I was playing fantasy football for a couple of years and I had scary Terry McLaurin. And, you know, I was being loyal because, you know, Washington didn't have no quarterback anyway. You know what I'm saying? And then Johan Dotson come in here and score touchdowns, and I can't even get excited for my team. We take the lead on the Cowboys, and I'm sitting up here still bad. Like, why Terry ain't score? You know what I'm saying? Just ruined my whole Sunday. I got the wife talking to me like, ain't y'all winning? And I'm like, you don't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fantasy football turns you into demons and unsavory people. You know what I'm saying? Fantasy football. I'm sitting up here doing homework. I'm sitting up here preparing notes and trying to figure out my picks for this week so I can talk with Mr. Logical and people sitting up here texting me 
They texted me, talked about should I play Cooper Cup or Cooper Cup ain't even playing. <laughs> you know, so how you gonna play fantasy football and you you don't even know who's playing and who's not playing? That's why you ain't winning. It ain't got nothing to do with the fact that your player got hurt or because of this and that. You wasn't even looking at the lineups when you did your draft. And you damn sure one thing I do know is that you didn't look at the schedule. Because even if you was going to play Cooper Cup this week, they playing against the 49ers. So I don't even know what you're thinking about anyway. I hate fantasy football. Listen, I cheered for the Falcons. And I told people, like I said, I don't play fantasy football because I only care about, yes, I pick other teams to win. I'll pick this team to beat this team. I'll pick Chicago to beat Tampa Bay this week. And, you know, we'll get into it because they're playing their Chicago's playing a division opponent of the Falcons. I don't want Mike Evans on my fantasy football team getting two, three touchdowns that to help Tampa Bay win their game, which then puts them ahead of my actual favorite team and division. I'm like, I don't, I just, I didn't want that conflict. So like, I was like, I'm done. All I care about, all I cared about was I'd have Matt and Julio and whatever running back for the Falcons on my team every single time when I did it back in the day. I think the last time I probably played where I actually paid attention was probably 2011, 2012, if that, somewhere around yeah. that time frame. So I was like, like this isn't for me. I love football, and I'll, I'll know about it, and I understand the whole fantasy implications and everything else. But as far as just sitting there picking up Jacksonville's third string running back because because Travis Etienne twisted his ankle in practice on Tuesday. <laughs> I ain't got time for that, man. I got four yeah. kids, a grandkid, a job, a podcast. I'm going. I'm in a master's degree program. I got a kid that plays football. I'm on the booster club for that. I'm on the board for his other football league that he was on. I don't have time to to fit in, you know, fantasy when I got reality. Yeah, just give me March Madness and I'll schedule. just pick some teams and go on about my life. I do an elimination thing with what a friend of mine I went to basic tech school with where you just pick one team and it's like, all right, who's definitely going to win this week? Last week I picked Washington. It was a, I was puckered up pretty late into that game until they, they pulled it out because I'm pretty much assuming anybody that plays Arizona has a really, really, really good chance to win. I'll see how that plays out the next oh, few so, weeks. so you picking the Giants as your eliminator this week? <laughs> I want to save it. You know, you got to like make sure you pick them at the right time because you can only pick that team once. Like, I can't pick Washington again. Right, right, right. Uh, might get off my chest. It's, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time. Y'all got to get y'all got to get over the fact that you peaked in high school. Not necessarily like, you know, the people who are talking about this peak <laughs> in high school, but you got to recognize when that block of time that you had when you were in the best shape of your life, when you were optimistic, when you would go to parties and talk to girls and it would work and you're giving out pager numbers and early cell phone numbers and you was catching the bus and you were doing all these things. And you was like living this very, very young life and we didn't have Twitter and we was using LimeWire to download music and everybody's friend was Tom. Like back in the day, we had a lot going on. But as time passes, you got to you got to move on with the times. So since the FIBA team that we sent over to the Philippines, you know, didn't medal. Now, all of a sudden, you know, LeBron's like, listen, I'm in it for the Olympics. So I've been seeing a lot of people in our sports group reposting or sharing or 
you know, interjecting their comments on who's got to be on the team. And so far, like just off the top of my head, because just I remember seeing it, they had LeBron, KD, Steph, Dame Lillard, AD, I think Anthony Edwards, Chris Paul, uh, I think one of them, one the thing Howard, right? One like this is the thing. One of them had Embiid, and I don't know if he's an American citizen or if he is a citizen of Cameroon. I'm not sure if he has dual citizenship or what. But he was on one of the little mock-ups, and it's like, and then I saw one that had all those players, and it had the white. And I guess the white tweeted something out saying along the lines is like, if he's on the team, I'm gonna play for Taiwan, and I'm gonna give y'all forty or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. first of all, you can't. Because if you can give these NBA players 40, you would have just gone back to Orlando this past offseason and you would have given somebody 40. It's okay to be done. And that's what the these NBA fantasy stars that we've had back in the day, these dudes, we're going to get into a low management conversation because they don't want to play the 82 games that pay them between the top superstars get between right now forty-five to fifty-five million dollars between the top upper echelon stars. These guys don't want to play these games back to back, but yet you think they're going to play a whole season, try to compete for a championship, and then go over to Paris and play in the Olympics and try to win gold at thirty-six years old? Like, cut it out! Stop posting this stuff. It ain't gonna happen. LeBron is not bringing. The 2007 versions of all of these dudes to Paris. Yeah, he might play. But I guarantee if he plays, he's bringing about six dudes, 27 and under. And he's like, listen, I'm going to get these guys over the hump. He's not bringing Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard can just go ahead and play for Taiwan. If he, even if LeBron goes, he's going to be 40. 40. The man was on the Olympic team in 2004. You want him to play and win gold in 2024? Like, cut it out. Like, at some point, we got to just wrap our heads around the fact that you're going to have to gravitate towards new superstars. You're going to have to like Anthony Edwards. You're going to have to like John Morant and his Dennis Rodman-like off-the-court antics. You're going to have to like Zion Williamson, who's basically the dark-skinned Charles Barkley. You're going to have to like these guys. Like, I keep saying Pablo Bancaro. His name's Paolo. I'm going to have to adjust to these guys like Jalen Green with the painted fingernails and the hair and the Houston, the young Houston team. We're going to have to get on board with them. Steph, 35 years old. It's not many miles left. Yes, these guys are elite athletes, but they're also playing against elite athletes that are 12 years younger than them. It's only so much your brain power can do. Draymond can know anywhere you want to go on the court, but if you extend him to 35 feet, and he can't guard you, then his all of his knowledge is basically screaming, help, 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 as John Morant's going down the lane to bang on Andrew Wiggins. It's like, let it go. These NBA stars are not going to go out there next summer and try to win gold. They're going to try to win this championship. And then because it, and we're going to get into this low management, the fact that most of them are going to have to play at least 65 games, they're not going to try to play any Olympic games considering – if you get to the Western Conference Finals, you're looking at probably another 12 to 16 games, depends on how your first couple of rounds go. These dudes aren't playing. So, like, listen, stop posting it. 
it's not going to happen. You're going to get the same FIBA team with the same coaches, maybe just bring in a point guard that can run the offense and a couple of role players that will do the dirty work. Maybe Grayson Allen might punch somebody in the head or something, cause an international incident. But you, you, you got to be realistic. Just take the guys off the team that didn't work, replace them with role players, and run it back. You'll be fine. You don't need the 2010 NBA All-Star team and a 2024 Olympic run. Yeah, you're gonna be, we're going to be out here with the fabulous shit. Have that Steph Curry jersey on. They're going to be talking about the, 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 the damn it, man. I'm in the throwback so old. So it'll old make you grab my grandma's glance. For real, like, it's, it's okay. Like, listen, I just turned 42, you know, this week. It's It feels dope. Like, there's a, there's a guy that I used to work with. I'm not trying to, like, bang on him or whatever. But he's a year older than me. Our birthday is the same day. So, like, normally every year he'll be like, yo, give me my birthday back or whatever. But, you know, he's on a trip. You know, he flew down. Uh, he's like, oh, going down to Miami for the week. He posted a selfie in a car. Beard jet black. <laughs> come on, Q. I ain't trying to call you, mama. Like, come on, man. The beard jet black. Kevin Hart, all of COVID. His hair off, beard, salt and pepper. He do the stand up. Hair jet black. Yep. I went through that phase. But uh yeah, so we got uh Philadelphia taking over at the eight, you know, um on their own eight, 27 to 14. Kirk Cousins with two touchdowns, just threw a second touchdown pass a few minutes ago. So 27-14, Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts with two touchdown runs. Hit Devontae Smith on a long bomb. Two touchdown some, thefts he stole from yeah, he stole Swift. Fantasy football. He's stealing from, from Swift. And then we got I'm talking uh, some, about the man ran oh, the man ran 50 yards in that drive. He got down to the half yard line twice. And Jalen was like, you know, we're running right. Come on. Then, <laughs> he didn't even, got, didn't even go on the huddle. He was like, come on. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. Come on. Come on. Then we got some college football going on. You know, sadly, Ed Reed is not here tonight, but uh Bethune Cookman. Taking this 48 to nothing from the Miami Hurricanes, you know, so it would have been great to see every coaching in that game against his alma mater. It would have been great to have a pregame ceremony, but the game would have been the same result. Yeah, then tomorrow night I'll be at the Alamo Dome for UTSA Army, but tonight Navy is in action. 28 to 21, they're trailing Memphis with about 11.28 left in the game. So, yeah, let's get right to it. Week two is here in the NFL. Week one was a little fun, but the offense wasn't – the offenses were not here. You know, we saw the after effects of everybody not playing in this preseason last week. So now maybe with their feet wet, you know, these teams might look a little bit more like we expected them to. So, Mr. Logical. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get us started. You know, say Green Bay and Atlanta. You know what I'm doing. You know what I'm doing. ATL, shorty, all day. Yeah, 15 and 2, right? 15 and 2. <laughs> you know what I'm going with? You see what we're doing over here? You see what we're doing over here? Listen, it's not a game. But realistically, I wasn't, I was not, I was not thrilled with the the offense, the the strategy of what Atlanta was doing. And I get it that certain teams have a certain identity, but I think each piece plays off the other. The same way you and I don't have the same type of personality, it just works. So some things you take the lead on. If we have a legal, like we've talked a couple of legal things, 
I've taken the lead on that college football. I'll let you run with that and pick it up. So it's a balance. Right. When I was watching the Falcons, I was like, all right. At one point, Desmond Ritters, I think his stats, I think I might have texted him to you. He was like 11 for 12 for 53 yards. But he had, and at that point, of those 11 completions, I think five that went to B. John Robinson right at the line of scrimmage. And then I text you, they got a turnover that they're they're on Carolina's 35-yard line. You got a turnover, young quarterback. He keeps throwing picks. First down, what do you call it? Play action, take the shot. Didn't. They ran it to the right. They ran up the middle. And on third and six, they ran it to the left and ended up kicking like a long field goal. And that's just like – you can't play the whole season like this. You got to take the shot. Cause then I watched the Miami <clears throat> and, and Tua has a water pistol arm. <laughs> like he's, he's, it's, it's known that he does not have an upper echelon strong arm in the NFL, but yet they're throwing it deep. Not even like throwing, like getting a lot of yards off of like drag routes. He's throwing 35 yard deep routes to Jalen Waddle. Tyreek you just got to keep it in the air long. That's all, you know. <laughs> all right, you so here's one for you. So here's Throw it up accurately, you. I guess. So so you brought up Desmond Ritter. So he went 15 of 18. How many yards did he have? He got a big catch at the end of the game. I think it was somewhere in the realm of like 122 yards or something he like that. He had 115 that. yards. 115, yeah. You know but saying. keep so, like I give said. Give me Green Bay. 40 of that. <laughs> I think 40 was on one play. I Atlanta will control the line. I think Bijan in space is, you know, is and mainly the defense. The defense was incredible. No, like honestly, I've watched a lot of Falcons games and I've seen like, all right, this is where the next team is gonna exploit this defense. They were good up front. Calais Campbell was just big up front. Grady Jarrett was wasn't required to take on double teams all game long because they had to watch for Clayus Campbell. Uh, Arnold Abicady was well. making plays. Jesse Bates was just playing. And Jesse Bates was allowed to play in the box a little more, mainly because they had a young quarterback that they were playing against. They knew they were going to try to throw it quick. I'm pretty sure Green Bay's philosophy is kind of same because I know Jordan Love went like 15 for 27. So it wasn't like he was slicing the dice up to Chicago's defense. And Chicago's defense didn't really make any additions to make them better than they were last year, whereas Atlanta did. So if he if his if Jesse Bates reads his eyes the way that he was reading uh what's the boy name? Bryce Young, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I'm real. I'm real surprised in the defense. Like I said, I just mentioned, you know, like some of the additions that they made, the young quarterback play, and and being able to 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 confuse Bryce Young, but Jesse Bates played great. Calais Campbell played played great. They were tackling great. I don't think. I mean, even on the touchdown drive excuse me, that Carolina had, it just was properly executed by a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He just made the right throws. Hayden Hurst, big tight end, wide open. He's a you know, big target, 6'5", 260, wants to be a receiving tight end. So he just was open in the flat when they got the touchdown. So 
because I'm optimistic about the Falcons. I'm just not optimistic about the passing game. I don't know what Arthur Smith, I don't know if he was holding something back, but it still doesn't make any sense to me. Like I said, when you watch Tua or you watch Justin Herbert or, you know, you watch Jared Goff, even in this game with Kirk Cousins, you see him taking shots. There was only, I think, one play, and the reason that he got up to 115 yards was a route that he threw to Kyle Pitts. And it wasn't even like a great route combination because I think Drake London was in the area. It's like, yo, mm-hmm. just get your six foot five young wide receiver, your six foot five young tight end matched up properly. So I think he'll be able to do that this week. And if not, you can just run it with Algier and B. John Robinson and they'll make enough plays and they'll probably pick Jordan Love off once, maybe twice. And uh, they'll secure a victory, you know, 24, 14, something along those lines. Yeah, I'm not touching anything that has to do with Atlanta putting up 24 points right now. Like, I think that Arthur Smith trusts Desmond Ritter less than I do, you know, and you know, it was surprising that Algier actually had more yardage than B. John last week, you know, so that was a shocker. But, you know, but I, I think the one thing that would have me hesitant about Green Bay is that I don't think Aaron Jones is going to play. I know he hasn't been practicing this week, um, but they got A.J. Dillon waiting in the, you know, waiting to come in. Um, I think that this game is going to be a 17 to 13 special, you know, something along those lines. This is going to be like one of those old school, only two five is enjoying this type of defensive (laughs) game. You know, I just don't know unless they're going to open up the playbook, run that play action. I don't see how green Bay doesn't just get in the box and lock it down. You know, as good as I think B John will be, as good as Algier has been, you know, because you they, said it. they can't, they can't, they can't do that because the available talent that Atlanta has. So it's one thing, like we'll talk about like a team like Baltimore or new England, new England doesn't really have like that threat, a vertical threat. Atlanta has a couple. So you can't just press the box because Atlanta runs the ball. Well, so like, that's what they do. So like they're a run team. It's one thing, like if you if you're in the box on Seattle, and you know they were well, Seattle's a bad example because I got DK Metcalf. But if you're like if you load the box against New England and make Mac just kind of throw the ball over the place, and he will because you know he's a third year quarterback and he's making these throws. But Atlanta, they're just gonna run it anyway, right? And one miss, and one missed tackle when you got eight guys in the box is a 14 yard gain, you know. And especially when you have the backs, and that's the thing, Algier runs through arm tackles. So Atlanta doesn't shy away because that's been the philosophy of Arthur Smith for the last two years, just run the ball. So, like, that's why they have Algier. That's why they have Cordero Patterson. That's why they drafted B. John Robson. Like, well, what's the point of the vertical back. threat if you're not going to use them? That's a, that's what I mean. So if you – I don't. I think he might be too cautious, and he should ex- expand it more, but I don't think a loaded box. What's going what's gonna to kill them is if they – if if Green Bay gets through and they gang tackle and it's like, all right, now it's second and nine and the incomplete pass on second down. If they get third and long, third and seven or longer, then Green Bay has a shot. But if they can't stop, if they're going three and a half, four yards, four and a half yards a touch, then Atlanta will 
I think Atlanta won that game because when Green Bay gets the ball back, they're they're gonna want to throw because Matt Lafleur is from that coaching tree of McVeigh and the Shanahan's and everything else. So I think that's where they'll make their mistakes because they gotta keep in mind their guys only starting as realistically starting as you know this is his inaugural season as a starter, and I don't know how much he learned from Aaron mm-hmm. just kind of just being in the room. Aaron had an arm earned. Well, you know, like I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I like, I think I like Green Bay's defense against Atlanta's offense, especially if Atlanta's going to play it close to the vest that way. Now, obviously, they could shock the world and open it up a little bit, and that'll render everything that I said, you know, not important. But Green Bay, you know, for example. You know, uh, everybody's making this big deal. You know, Jordan Love had a great game or a good game. He was pretty efficient. You know, he threw 27 passes. But Green Bay ran it 33 times last week. You know, so if Green Bay has more of that ingredient, Chicago defense is is Swiss cheese, though. I think you and I can get, like, 14 to 18 yards. Well, right I don't know what Atlanta's on defense, the Green Bay's defense. I don't know what Atlanta's defense is. It looked good. It has good players, but you said it yourself. They were playing against a rookie quarterback in his first game. The you tackling, know, like the tackling was good. Like if if you no, think I mean it, it was, Green but but I mean, but 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 also the tackles were available because there was only so much that Carolina Bryce, was going to do. Yeah, yeah, they don't have like a real like vertical threat or anything like that. But I think the they game tackle well. Like I said, I just I used to, I watch them and I've seen different times where you, they're just out of position. It's like no one should be that wide open. Even I don't care what the age of the quarterback because Tyler Heineke diced them last year, third and long, third and sixteen, third and twelve. You no, know, these these situations where people shouldn't just be wide open, and it was right. happening all of the last two or three years. Right. Week one, granted, I don't want to be like you know Holy prisoner crap. moment. Philly with 35 minutes of time of possession, Minnesota 13. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's a stomping. Yeah, um, they, they, there's your drop pass. But yeah, like I just think that I just think that I just don't know what to take away. I expect Atlanta's defense to be good. We we both talked about how we like the moves that they made this offseason. You know, I just don't know if using last week's result against Carolina is the best way to just accept that Atlanta's defense is elite. I, like I said, I, I take I try to take the rookie quarterback aspect out of it. Granted, like I don't want to say I'm selling speaking like a fan, but I thought the way they controlled the line of scrimmage, that's nothing to do with the quarterback. Right. The right, way right. the way they control the line of scrimmage, because Atlanta has they have they don't have like a a couple of their linebackers have elite, elite speed. Uh-huh. But they don't have like a Roquan Smith kind of linebacker. Troy Anderson is very good out of Montana State. Um, I think he ran a four four forty in the combine last year. You know, and he came in as a rookie. Uh, outstanding, outstanding linebacker. But he's still learning where he is. Bud Dupree is an older player. I just think that that the the way they impacted the line of scrimmage with the defensive tackles, Katie, Carter. And they were like rotating guys in because they were able to do that because they were able to put, you know, Carolina in third and 11, third and seven. They can bring fresh bodies in versus being 
you know, caught in a hurry up with a no huddle because they're just constantly giving up these dink and dunks. So right. I think that that's the that's the part. Like and like I said with Green Bay, he went 15 for 27 against a pretty mediocre defense. Uh we'll see. We'll see if that tutelage he got from Aaron Rodgers does him any good. But I think for me shout out I to Utah State though. I think for me, it's also that coaching matchup as far as like, I think LaFleur will have more adjusting, you know, like he'll take what Atlanta gives him. Whereas Art Smith is kind of the coach that just does what he does. You know, there's not a lot of deviation from the plan. I, I, I can't argue that point. Yeah. So, so like, so I think LaFleur, if, if Atlanta like is he, bringing, it feels like he scripts 65 plays. Both teams script like the first fifteen. Sometimes it feels like nah, nah. I got thirty-five plays I want to run in a row. And like, yeah, and it's third so, and eleven. Now we so I feel like right. so I feel like the first quarter might be a feeling out period where Lafleur can sit back and see what Atlanta's doing coverage wise, if they're blitzing, where the blitz is coming from, so on and so forth. And I think that they just have because Green Bay doesn't have. I don't know how to word this. They don't have big names, and they don't have. Like, like when you say Drake London and Kyle Pitts, the talent is obvious, you know, but if you say Romeo Dobbs, it doesn't necessarily sound the same, but he's good for his role, you know, and of course, yeah. it would be nice to have Christian Watson there. I don't think he's going to play this weekend either, which will be a big blow to Green Bay if he doesn't play, but he hasn't practiced Man, either. Green Bay about to get tossed. I got you a double-digit win for Atlanta. No, I got, I got Green Bay. It. I got Green Bay double digits. How are they going to win without their best running back, a quarterback that just went 15 for 27 against Chicago? Because that's how little – They're just going to fly down. They're going to just fly down to Atlanta. That's how little Atlanta – like the NFC Championship That's how little Atlanta trusts Desmond Ritter. That's why. You know what I mean? Like, you can't run the – He's accurate. You can't run the – You can't – No, but you can't, like – 85%. Every week is not going to work. To run the ball, you know, or I mean, to, to throw what do you the ball. Think Marcus Mariota's times. numbers were last year. That's that. Well, that's Marcus Mariota sucks. So like they you know went I mean? and they like, ran the ball just as effectively. They ran the ball. The yeah, same and, way. Like and what said, was that record again? You nailed it. Seven and ten. You know, seven what I'm saying? and ten. It's yeah. it's it's. But they had to they had to throw away game against. Washington hey, had a you throw call, game you call it what you Orleans. want. You call it what you want. I know uh, the referee screwed y'all against Tampa. You could call it what you that, want. That that game, I think about that one. But, but y'all y'all game. started they off that game against Tom Brady. You know that game, y'all came back. They almost came back against the Rams. They were down twenty. They were down twenty-eight three to the Rams. They were down twenty-eight three to the Rams. I had a chance to take the lead, and nobody thought y'all was going to win that game. Nobody thought y'all was going to. Yo, win they that had game. a ch- he threw it. He threw a pick in the end zone. Yeah, they were down six. I had a chance to beat zone. Alabama on my dynasty early. Nah, that's not the same thing. If you got the ball, game. no, you got the ball in your hand at the twenty-yard line, yeah. and you're down five. You that's a chance to win. It's not like you got to get a stop, get the ball back. They had he threw the pick into in the like Jalen Ramsey intercepted it at the goal. That's line. what I'm saying. But like Over nobody was watching head. that game. Nobody was I don't watching care that game outside of y'all. Outside of y'all wearing black and red. Outside of y'all, outside of y'all wearing black and red. None of that, none of the eyeballs are relevant in the situation where it's like last week, if Arizona had the ball inside on Washington's 20, down four. 
throwing the ball into the end zone, that he is still a real chance that Arizona to win the game. Wasn't gonna win. It's we not about thinking. Win. I didn't say about yeah. thinking. I didn't say did, anything did about thinking. Did the Falcons thinking. win? We don't bring did the Falcons feelings. win that game. Listen, we don't did bring they, feelings no, to a fact fight. Here's a fact. The Rams won that game. That's a fact. No. Anyway, listen, we don't I'm bring feelings on. to a fact fight. I'm moving on. You know what I'm saying? Right, so I'm who sure, else you disagree I'm with? Sure, no, I'm sure we both got Chicago beating Tampa. Oh yeah, I, th- I know, thought we I, would I, disagree on that one. No, I just don't think that Tampa, what they did last week, was sustainable. You know, they got the three turnovers against Minnesota. Minnesota you know, uh, be having a turnover problem. Yeah, they that's got seven. they had four going starting the third quarter in this game. You know, but yeah, uh, so that's seven in two weeks. You know, and and you know, Tampa. Like I told you, remember last week, what I said was, I felt that that game was going to be closer than people thought. I still thought Minnesota was going to win. But I thought it was going to be closer than people thought. I thought Tampa's defense was going to play a little better than people thought. This week, I don't think their their defense is going to play that well. I think because because Chicago has to make a priority now because DJ Moore was only targeted twice against Green Bay. So you got to get him the first first play. What's up with Claypool? Yo, I think he's just on. I think he's just a bad. I'm not trying to be. I think he's just not a not a good teammate. No, I saw something though. I I thought I read something about him, like uh, there, like he like he got benched or something, and like, like basically, like from what I was reading earlier, like don't be shocked if you see him out of there by the trade deadline. But he's, uh, he's remember that the fourth down when it was like clock was running against against Minnesota and he's playing for Pittsburgh and he's celebrating. Yeah. Some people just don't have it, man. It just yeah, it, some people just don't have it. It's just I mean, not for everybody. I mean not to be that guy, he did go to Notre Dame, but anyway. So yeah, uh Chicago <laughs> got Chicago beating Tampa. You know, I just don't think that it's sustainable what they did. If Chicago loses this game, you know, and they look as pedestrian as they did against Green Bay last week. Did you know Eberflus might need to be Eber gone? You know, um, Justin it was Fields, a bad hire in the first place. Like, Justin you, you Fields, don't get a defensive coach and a young quarterback that is a bit of a project. So, touchdown, Minnesota. We got a game, folks. That's Kirk Cousins' third touchdown pass, 741 left, 27 to 20, pending the extra point. KJ Osborne wide open. He had, you know, he just got done. Nailing a letter and he still caught the touchdown. But uh, but Justin Fields, nine rushes for fifty nine yards. That sounds normal. That sounds so about my man right. Was wide open. Wide open. That sounds like about 50 right. Fifty yards open. But the problem is, the actual running backs for Chicago combined for three point two yards a carry. So you know, so let's start there. If you want to get Justin Fields you know, to throw the ball, the run game's got to help. You know, one quick note about Tampa. You know, I talked about how Green Bay ran it 33 times against Chicago. Tampa ran it 33 times against Minnesota. You know, back when they had Tom Brady last year, they were only running it 20 times a game. So is this going to be a thing to come? Or, you know, is this just game one and that was the game plan? I think it's game one, defensive head coach. You have... Baker is a I – I want, I want to use the right word because I want to be like, you know. He is a resurging quarterback or trying to, like, rebuild his 
image or his ability or, or just kind of like re-showcase himself. I don't know if that's really like the proper way to explain it, but I think Maybe he's he in a position for another job. I don't really think it's that. I think it's just a matter of everyone says he is the reason that they don't win games. And then he went out there. Everyone, when they were winning games in Cleveland, the narrative was they were winning because the offensive line ran a game in defense. So then he tried, you know, he presumably went out to try to show, like, no, I'm out here. I'm slinging this rock, too. And it was like, nah, no, you're not, dog. So they sent them to Carolina. He was like, oh, I'm not here to be, you know, second place, yada, yada, yada. I'm here. And then he did his thing for a little bit. But Matt Rule has kind of proven that he's like, he's a mediocre coach with a good personality. People like him. And, like, so he gets hired. Um, like, I mean, he's shown, like, he, he, was, he was mediocre. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing okay. wrong with me calling you, me, you know, spade to spade. Okay. Tall is tall, short is short, wet is wet. Okay. Uh, so then he goes to L.A. and he's with, you know, McVeigh, who was ready to leave, you know, because all of his shiny pennies are gone. And he played a little bit, but he didn't really show. I think what he showed was that he is a number one overall draft pick that is a game manager. He's a fourth-round quarterback that got drafted first overall. So now he has to play in in like like a fourth round quarterback. He has to play like rookie Dak, where it's just like dink and dunk, take a shot when it's available. You have the weapons to take the shot. It's just that like he can't, he won't be out there. Like I keep using two as an example because that was one of the games I had on my TV. I had games on my phone and on my iPad, but the big one on the TV was the you know the Herbert Tua matchup. He's not gonna be checking to a lot of these Josh Allen third and eight. 40 yards. Nobody should be checking into that Josh Allen shit. I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get a, lot, to a lot, a lot of people did it, but like, I don't think, yeah, but they were smart. And had like, IQ. Jordan Love's not doing that. Bryce Young's not doing that. Desmond Ritter's not doing that. Uh, Josh Allen can do it to a Herbert. A lot of these guys can check out of the play. Maybe not on third down. I don't know what the parameters are as far as what the coaches staff. but if they think they see something, Justin, you know, uh, what's the boy name? Uh, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence down in Trevor Jacksonville. Lawrence, yeah, he can he can make that. It looks like Anthony Richardson was making some some of those kind of like checks and like taking those shots. So it's just a, it's all about the free reign you're giving it off. It's, Baker Bayfield's not giving that same kind of free reign. So, but I, I got Chicago. Um, just because yeah. I, it has it, their wide receiver core, they're starting one, two, and three. It's probably as far as talent is like up there with any other three wide receiver depth combo that you have in the league. You just gotta simply get the ball to them. And as a defensive head coach, even was like, listen, if I'm a defensive coordinator, it would drive me crazy to have to defend these three wide receivers, the athletic running back or quarterback, and then the run- like why are you not translating that information to your office coordinator? Listen. If you just get the ball out of his hand into these guys' hands, or you call design runs, but with extra blocking and have him get out of bounds. Like there's so many things you can do with the talent that they have. If you can't put up 21 to 24 points with that offense, none of you deserve your jobs. I'm still right. picking them because I just don't want to I want Tampa to lose. And I just don't really believe in Todd Bowles and Baker <laughs> and everything else. But like they have the pieces to get you. Big touchdown runs, you know, they should get they should get like a couple of like big touchdowns, 30, 40 yard touchdowns in this game alone. Okay. What you got next? 
you know, well, I got uh, DeAndre Swift, 19 rushes, 114 yards. That's what I got on my screen. That's well, on my screen right touchdowns. now. You know what I'm saying? But uh, next, I got the, uh, you know, in one of my picks this week that I've been riding the fence on, but I would just go with it. You know, I'm going to take Seattle over Detroit. <laughs> That's another one I marked that we wouldn't yeah, dif- move uh, differ on. You know, last year, I remember the 48-45 to 45 game that ended up propelling Seattle into the playoffs and keeping Detroit out of the playoffs. You know, uh, Geno Smith threw for 320 yards that game on 23 of 30 with two touchdowns. You know, so now we get to figure out the answer to the question. We kept talking about Detroit went out, got all these corners. You know, how good is their secondary going to be? How improved is it going to be? I wasn't Seattle so- just signed Kadarius Tony, so I think they're good to go. <laughs> well, you know, uh he's out I there point shaving. I know. You know, well, I think that uh Detroit, they went into Kansas City last week, obviously. They came out of that game Super Bowl champions, apparently, you know, the way they were acting. But also, one of those touchdowns was a pick six return. So so we didn't necessarily see the electrifying Detroit that we saw last season. Now, obviously, I think they'll get back on track a little bit against Seattle because we saw the ghost of Matthew Stafford you know, carve them up Razor Ramon style with the toothpick. So, you know, so so I can't sit up here and make the case that Seattle's defense is suddenly going to be good. But I like what I heard from DJ or DK Metcalf earlier, you know, basically just saying, like, we know we played bad. We thought we accomplished something and we haven't accomplished anything. So I think nah, that's whack. That's a book. That's a, like, I hate, I hate that the whole thing. That's the same thing when Brian Kelly said, oh, we thought we were Georgia. Like, cut it out. That's cat. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift down to the three. Is De- Jalen Hurts going to take yet he another steal touchdown? Again. He's going to steal but, it again. I'm behind you, but he'll steal it. Yeah, that's cat. That's cat. That's cat. It that. can be cap all at once. I just know that. I don't Seattle, believe any of it. I, I just know that coming into the season, the way that they felt, they can't let themselves go 0 and 2. They just, they just can't let themselves involved. go. No, it ain't about it ain't about feelings. It's about it's about Detroit playing with So Detroit comes off a win against the Super Bowl champ and they shouldn't feel like they can beat Seattle, but Seattle gets No, 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 I just feel tanking, no, I just and they feel, feel like they should be better. Like that. No. No, no, no. No, it's just <laughs> no, it's just, Yo, the no, fact it's that just DK that, Metcalf just that came out there at the game one and said, you know, we can't, we thought we accomplished something. Man, that was nine months ago. It is September. That I haven't seen February. Detroit deal with prosperity. You cannot yet. have you have you cannot be riding the wave of making that important run or being good nine months ago. There's no way that's affecting how you played in September. Don't even give me that knot. That doesn't even make any sense. It does. If they won the Super Bowl, I still would be like, that still was in February. We had a whole offseason. Coaches didn't move. People moved. People probably had kids. People left. There's no way you're still sitting around thinking like, yeah, we did so no, much greatness last you know year. I mean? They distracted week, me in week one. You got sliced hey, up because all you I'm just, saying you're is, not good. You're I'm not a good football is, team. Let, and he wants to get let, a trade out there. 
Don't let week one disappointment turn the statement. This the statement is a thing that is like that. That's that's the cop out statement. It's like, what were you thinking about? Were you really thinking about your nine and eight season last year as well, a no, reason not to good. be mentally prepared? There's the Andre like, Swift with the touchdown. You don't know. Oh, he, he let him get one. Yeah, he let him get one. No, but like you know what I mean. Like it was. I'm not saying one. he didn't play well. I just think. You know I just think. Like, I just think that whole statement is just. I think it's just okay. That's fair. A poppy cost. What is it? Poppy. Well, that's fair. I'm picking Seattle. So what? I just think it's just better. Subi, you know what I'm saying? Buffalo over the Raiders. Yeah, we agree there. You know what I'm saying? He's still going to throw it. He's still going to throw a bomb Yo, on third and two. Yeah. So, so my man, come so, on. So, so I haven't been down, watching. Dog. So, so riddle, so riddle me. It, 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 right. it, indulge me for a second. All so, right. like, so, like, I, you know, I haven't been watching these shows. You know what I mean? Has anybody been talking about Josh Allen? Did he be getting the criticism this week? Uh, the thing is, I know Nick Wright criticizes him just because he's a Kansas City Nick, fan, but Nick Wright criticizes them because he was kind of on the same wavelength that I was on in our conversations that we were having before last season. Like, listen, there's no, there's no evidence to support why. Like the grilled cheese sandwich is a simple sandwich. It's a great sandwich. It could probably win most sandwich like contests. Peanut butter jelly is probably up there as well. Someone <laughs> coming through with like roast beef, turkey, tomato, and horseradish is like, yeah, that's a good. That might be a good sandwich for you, but there's no way you're gonna put it in a in a competition and have it second or third or second first or second above peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese. Like, Man, I'm too old for grilled cheese sandwiches. Get out of here with that. Listen, you never too old. Dipping a little tomato sauce. I ate a grilled cheese since like eighty nine. Listen, you know what I'm saying. Trust me, if you could make, you made one tonight, it'll taste like nineteen eighty nine. But so it's like that. That's that's the argument that that Nick Wright makes. Like, listen, you can't. No, Nick Wright is a a quarterback. No, Nick Wright is a Kansas City Chief fan who got upset that people picked Buffalo to beat Kansas City. But it never happened, and that's no. I know his argument. His argument was post. Kansas City winning. It wasn't like pre. He's like, how was it that Buffalo was getting all his hype after they haven't beaten a team that keeps beating them? It's like if I keep beating you in a fist fight, how in the pre fight they had beat them a couple times and they had yeah, beat them but just like as far as that goes, they beat them in the playoffs. But they had just they had beat them in the playoffs. It was a disappointing loss. And then Buffalo came back and beat them the next time they played. This was the beginning of the last season. This is this is where his like his real Josh Allen kind of like. I don't want to say disdain, but like he starts breaking it down a little bit more with the with the fumbles, the turnovers. Now that they mentioned that, he has like 19 turnovers in the last 17 games or something yes. like that. So some crazy number. So eight games ago, Nick Wright was like, yo, his last nine games, he's had this many turnovers. But like, oh, he's still a good quarterback. So then it'll go like four more games, and the MVP standings came out. He was like, yo, this guy's last 12 games. So it looks like he just was harping on him. But he was like, if you're trying to put him in the MVP race, you can't just be like, oh, you can't ignore the fact they well, turned the ball over I don't see at the same harping. rate as Daniel Jones. I don't see it as harping. They just only talk about the same five teams all the time. So it just sounds like they're harping. But, but they they're, never they're and they talk the about team. Josh Allen, but he's like, you guys, they had Josh Allen in the super they had the Bills in the Super Bowl, but no yeah. one talked about the fact that he turns the ball over at the same rate as Daniel Jones. And that's, go, that, so Nick Wright does, he, he is a homer 100%, but 
So it does sometimes it's kind of hard. You got to take it with a grain of salt. But when you look at it, when you look at the numbers, it's like he he does, and and his turnovers do cost his team games, or it put it had Miami in the game in the playoffs when they shouldn't have been with a third string quarterback because mm-hmm. the way he plays. And the same thing is like the same stuff we were saying in the offseason. Like, yo, just give the ball to a running back and have them run that sweep. It's the same blocking action. It's the same direction. Just give the ball to one of your three running backs and stop putting your quarterback in harm's way. He was taking yeah. so many shots on Monday. Well, with yeah, one of the good. top five defenses in the league. Well, with the Raiders coming in, he going Hulk smash this weekend. <laughs> you know, uh, so another game that I'm on defense about. And I'm only on defense because of the availability of one of the players. So I'm going to just say it like this. No Austin Eckler, I'm taking Tennessee. If Austin Eckler plays, I'm taking the Chargers. I got the Chargers. That's another game I marked that. uh, I just don't trust Tennessee because I don't think Tennessee is. I don't think they're a cohesive unit. Well, the the one thing I think that's going to be their problem all year long. I just think it's going to be the whole. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, like not coming back, you know, down 10 points, down three, down four. Like, I just don't see them being able to kind of rally around each other for, you know, the greater good. I just think that it's going to be a situation where someone's going to give up a long play on third down, a holding call, a holding call offensively, defensively, a Tannehill turnover, Tannehill being worried about being benched. People clamoring for uh, what's the boy name? Malik uh, Willis or no, Will no, no, Levis. Will Levis over Malik Willis, which then I think will in turn maybe cause Malik Willis to feel a type of way. And so I, I just think that the 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 problems that come along with Tennessee are only going to be resolved by winning. And I don't know if they have the personnel to simply win games to cover up the. Like I seen mock drafts that have them drafting another quarterback next year. Granted, I know that's just a mock draft, but like three years in a row, you're taking quarterbacks, and then you you have a guy you don't like and you keep him. You know, I just I just know? feel I just feel like that's just a it's just a bad setup for that team. Who do you know that defends Mike Vrabel more than I do? And who I don't think anybody does because I don't think anybody believes he's the problem. Oh, yeah. Well, I defend him. I big him up, you know, because I feel like he's going to be a casualty because of a dumbass owner and a bad GM. Well, I guess they got rid of the GM, but, you know. But anyway, so last week, Mike Vrabel tried to piss away all the good merit that I give him because it was fourth and sixth. With 217 left at the New Orleans 11, down four, and he kicks the field goal. And then they lost by one. You know, like, look, I get it. Trust your defense, all that good stuff. I get How it. How many timeouts did they have? You know, uh, I think they had two at the time. You so know, that means but, you get the two minute warning. Yeah. I'm going for the touchdown there. That's what I'm saying. Because it's week one. That's what I'm saying. They had no reason to lose the that third, game. The third down play call should have been set up to get it to fourth and two or three to make it They went to the House of Horrors and had a chance to get out of there with a victory. And but that's the thing. If 
if he had faith in Tannehill, that's a conversation like Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. They don't even meet on the sideline. They'll get to the hash mark. He's like, Lamar, you want to go? Okay. And he puts the headset down and lets the offensive coordinator call whatever play is. It happens every time. Josh Allen has that same cachet. Justin Herbert, even though we don't like that this happens, Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. Obviously, Pat and Andy Reid. Just certain teams just have it. Like, well, Because if you think about it, if you go for it there and you don't get it, they're inside their own 15-yard line. Maybe they're conservative. They probably won't throw any like out routes, anything that can kind of get picked off. They probably run it three times yeah, up the middle. Get another chance burn your timeouts, you know. But you know, so they just granted, yeah, David Carr then ended up taking a shot down the field anyway, which was exactly what you should have done. Which I, I think New Orleans is kind of like, oh, we got this new guy in here. It's week one. So make these faces because, like, you know, I'm behind you. I'm trying to watch the game focus. Uh but like I said, I think Mike Vrabel, because I think people respect him as a coach, they respect him as a player, they respect him because he's a patriot. And people feel like it's not his fault that Tennessee is in the position that they're in. It's not. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where as the leader, as the coach, <laughs> as the leader and as the coach, you're going to get the blame, you know, whether it's your fault or not. That's just how it works, and it comes. You think he? You think he would get the blame though? Penalty Even against just like Tannehill for last two years. Penalty against Philadelphia, nullifying a fumble. You know, we got a minute forty six left. Uh, Minnesota's at the Philly thirty one. So, so I think it's one of those things where, in sports, you just get into that area where people say things like, "It's time for a new voice," or you know, uh, this experiment has gone on for X amount of years. It's time to try something. I think that's where he is right now. I don't think it's his fault, but I just think that he's been there long enough. And then, you know, they made the AFC championship game a few years ago. They were number one seed the year yep. after that. And they he'll fell back to, um, seven and ten do, last year. the game away against the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, against the Bengals, yep. And then uh, they had the uh, game against the Chiefs the year before that. You know, um, and now they went seven and ten last year, even though Tannehill missed, you know, half the season. You know, and I so I just think that if they don't do anything better than say eight nine this year, you know, I think we talked about the hot seat. He's not on the hot seat, but I think he has the ability to become one of the surprise coaches that were like, How did he get fired? What I think kind of gives him a, a de facto extension. It's the same thing it's we'll talk about. When, situation. when Aaron Rodgers went down and you asked me what it, what I thought Robert Sala was thinking, and I was like, he was thinking I got one more year. I got touchdown another year. Minnesota. TJ Hawkinson with his second touchdown in the night. Kirk Cousins with his fourth. We got a one-score game with a minute 10 left, so Minnesota yeah. will be so, going for the onside kick. Yeah, so I think I think it's it's been a situation where if he wants to stay, he can because I don't think he was I don't think he wanted Malik Willis because I just like I said I've, I've said this before just the way he kind of talked about him in the preseason he didn't seem like he was the guy, uh, but maybe Will Levis is the guy. Maybe he convinces management like yo I think I could run this back with 
Will Levis is going into our week one starter next year. Move Tannehill to the Jets. Need a quarterback <laughs> just to hold him down for a season. Yeah, maybe the Jets. Maybe don't want to trade it, in conference. Because I thought this was um, the last year of uh, Tannehill's contract. It has to be. It has to be up pretty soon. Because I think it was like he yeah. got it after a playoff run. And then they had a couple of playoff runs since. So, like, I'm pretty yeah. sure at this point they can get out of it. Yeah, send them to the Jets. See if you can make, you know, whipped cream out of shit. And, you know, just go from there. Yeah, you so, know, uh, like I said, I got the, I got the Chargers. I have faith in the Chargers. I mean, they did put up a lot of points. It's just that they didn't adjust to the, the late Miami Blitz. Yeah, and uh, and also, you know, drive. Mr. Staley, you know, Mr. Defensive Guy, you know, still just waiting go ahead, for it. You go ahead and take it. He could scratch that off his resume. Like, don't I'm submit taking, that with your next one. I'm taking uh, C.J. Stroud over Anthony Richardson. I got Indianapolis in that okay. game. Okay, I have I no just reason. Think that Richardson just looked more confident throwing the ball. Well, I think that I think that Stroud looked good. I just think that he was playing against a better team. Yeah, you I, know? I, I, and, I and honestly, honestly, I just went with the home team. <laughs> I just think Richardson, if he doesn't, I think he got rocked at the end of the game, and hopefully they're beating it to his head this week. Hey, yeah, this is why you don't do that. Yeah, this is this is why we give it to the tight ends, and like it's, this is why we call when we call these rollouts, just roll your ass all the way to the sideline and get I, to the pylon or get out of bounds. Like, stop taking these hits from Aluakon. And then all these African linebackers that Jacksonville <laughs> putting out there. Yeah, so I chose I chose the home team, and I also chose D'Amico Ryan's not letting a rookie quarterback destroy his defense. Those those were my two reasons. I just you know, think because Richardson's, I think he's going to take the shots. I think yeah. he's going to take the deeper shots. And we know how this is a pass. Well, I'm a, you know, but I, I'm going to be watching that. that game. I'm going to be watching that game like it's one of the games of the week. You know, I'm, I'm I might, like I said, I might, I might have three or four games on again next week. I might have one yeah. on TV. Uh, I might have to use my laptop this time just for a bigger screen. But, yeah, I had, I had a bunch of games on that. The Houston-Baltimore game I had on. CJ Stroud looked comfortable. I mean, he didn't look uncomfortable in the pocket. Uh, yeah. I think, like I said, another Ricky Bryson, he looked comfortable. Anthony Richardson looked comfortable. I think he, he I had think, pedestrian I just, numbers. I think it was like 23 well, for 37, 24 for 37, something like well, that. I also think that yards. Well, I also think that Stroud has a little bit more around him. You know, like he has Robert And he's Woods, more polished. And he's you polished. Know, Mechie, I like Tank Dell. You know, the Colts have Pittman, but Jonathan Taylor's still out. You know, so Zach Moss is back this week. So he's probably going to start, you know, go Utes. All that good stuff, but uh, but I'm gonna be checking it out and I'm gonna be checking out the Bagels beating the Ravens. Oh, word, yo, I swear, man, it's like I I picked that game as a game me and you wouldn't agree on. No, I picked the Ravens to win the division, but you know what yeah. I mean. But I think it's going to take the Ravens a few weeks to because because we got to remember Lamar has missed what the last five games, the last two seasons, he's got new receivers. You know, uh, J.K. Dobbins is out yet again for the season. So I think it's going to take Baltimore a few weeks to. I don't know how you like, like. Where, how do you come back? Like, how do you as, as a like that's your livelihood, your knees and your. And, and they your already not trying back. to pay y'all. And not trying to pay him is like, that's tough, man. Like my son plays running back at some point. I'm going to switch him to defensive end, but. 
it's cool now when you're 14, but when you're 18, yeah, I play outside linebacker. I'm trying to get that $27 million a year by the time we get drafted 2031. Yeah. The rookie sale. Well, so how about, um, yeah, Vikings. I, got, I like, I like next week. That I like, I like Baltimore against Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's performance against Cleveland uh, last week. I think the Miles Garrett crossover move in the middle just kind of shows that the Cincinnati offensive line coaching or well, well, talent is just I know Miles Garrett is upper echelon defensive and but he was coming up the he was coming up the A gap. Like two of you could have got a hand on him and neither one of them did and he got to Joe Burrow. And he was standing up doing yeah. a crossover move. Like how disrespectful is that? This dude is literally standing up crossing the ball over like this like literally doing a crossover move. You ever see the highlights yet? Yeah. Yeah. Doing the I watched the whole movie. game. Yeah, yeah. I watched and then and then does it and then gets through. It's like he beat the center and the guard. It's like, all right, you guys haven't remedied that at all. Uh, so Philly's I'm taking the ball clock. Philly's running the clock. We got about 32 seconds left. Minnesota or Philly should be punting with about 14 or 15 seconds left. Um, unless they're going to go for it. Looks like they're actually going to go for it here. Maybe they're trying to get them off sides. It's fourth and five. They're at the 49, call it the 48. All right, they've taken the delay a game now. 13 seconds left. But, uh, yeah. So, so, touchdown. Two weeks in a row. Let's well, have it. Well, 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 you know, like I like I talked about it the other day. Like, you know, Joe Burrow came out last year, week one against Pittsburgh with the five interceptions. So, you know, for whatever reason, he just starts the season slow. He sat out the Why preseason. Why do they keep starting their season off against division opponents? Like, who hates I don't know. Natty? I know, but with the, calf, with the calf issue, you know, like, so, like, maybe he just had to get in rhythm, you know, 82 yards, you know, he'll be back this week, I think. I just don't know player. what he can, like, unless he scraps that entire game against Cleveland and chalks it up to just weather and comes uh, back out and plays well, better. Well, the media is definitely making that excuse for him, what yeah, I've been hearing. You know, yeah. I, like, I like Joe Burrow. I think. I like Joe Burrow, I think, too. Joe I cool. think he's just, I think he's a second coming of, a, you know, some legendary quarterbacks. Move over like Joe Mon- Montana. This is the real Joe like, Cool. Like a Montana. You know, I like the cigar. I like his relationship he has with, with his teammates. So I, I think I think he's a. I except think he's for not taking the. Except for he took too much money for T. Higgins to get paid. <laughs> I like, listen, they got capologists and, you know, economists and all these guys. They can figure out how to handle that. But you yeah. better get them paid or you better trade them and get some, some pieces in. Yeah, I'm, uh, taking the- I, I, I'm just going to take Baltimore. Just, I just I just think Baltimore just they just keep it. They keep it so simple that people want it to be extravagant. People wanted to look like the 2000 Ravens on defense. The people wanted to look like the Joe Flacco airing the ball out to Jacoby Jones in 2012-13, that Super Bowl run. But every single year, no matter who's on the team, their front seven's always tough, and their defensive backfield either excessively hard hitters or Mm -hmm. just exceptional in coverage, no matter who they put back there. And tackle. So, yep, so seven seconds left. Minnesota's going to have to go for Brooke here. Um, I got San Francisco over the Rams. You know, I, I saw like two. I saw two two at well and Puka Nakua. Uh, both had 119 receiving yards against Seattle. I think the Rams came out last week. Um, I guess a division opponent played very well. 
I think this week we see the Rams that we expected to see. You know that they're just not very just good. Go, just takes away. They're just so good at taking away anything you do well at right. all levels. They just they. I don't like picking them as a Super Bowl favorite just because everyone's doing it. it. Seems like to be like the 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 sexy pick. The the Buffalo thing. Not even that. It's just like. I just I don't know. I'm just I'm just sick. Everyone's like, I think they could be a Super Bowl team. I personally, I don't like all these Super Bowl picks in September anyway. But San Francisco week to week just looks like a team that can make you frustrated that your play call right. is not working right. because the way they can affect you from their front four to the front seven, to the defensive backfield, like just the same way the Ravens have for years. San Francisco's had that same type of just defense that just gets to the ball, creates turnovers, hurries you up, gets the ball, you know, three and outs. The offense gets the ball back, especially after a score. Like they, they just come back out because you know you can't – you know you, 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 you don't have a lot of room for error against the defense. So if you get the ball back after San Francisco scores, you might press it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that in and of itself, and the fact that San Francisco just kind of owns the Rams over the last, you know, four or five. Yeah. Years eight straight Rams. regular season matchups. I believe it is. Uh, they got, of course they the got Rams got the, the one that play. Yeah. But I mean, it should have been a loss if, if, you know, right. Tart art catches that. Uh-huh. Hail Mary that. Matthew so Philadelphia 34, Minnesota 28, Kirk Cousins 31 of 43, 364 yards and four touchdowns. How Minnesota, many times they run it? Nine. And, they only uh, ran the ball nine times? Nine times and uh, for a total of 28 yards. You know, I'm glad uh, they got rid of Delvin Cook. You know, so now they got to play the Chargers next week. Uh, Philly gets Tampa next week. Jalen Hurts 18 to 23, 193, a touchdown and a pick. DeAndre Swift, 28 rushes, 175 yards, and a touchdown. He only got you know, one touch last week. One touchdown. Yeah, one touch last week. Yep. So, um, you know, yeah, there you go. So, Thursday night. How football. did he only get one touch? I don't know. I don't think he didn't go out injured, did he? Not that I remember, but 31. So, Thursday night football is over. Next week, Giants at San Francisco for Thursday night. But anyway. Here we go. You ready? I picked Philly in this game, by the way. I just want to make that. Let me that too. Be but, you, but you ready? Here we go. This is it. Give me Jacksonville. Give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> give me Jacksonville. Jacksonville with Chris Jones and Kelsey coming back off uh, well, one, Thursday well, to Sunday. One, about a well, 10 one, days rest. For one, I don't know how many snaps Chris Jones going to play. You know what I mean? For two, I don't know if how many snaps Kelsey going to play. If they both play for 30, you don't think they could be effective in those 30? Oh, yeah, they definitely can. But there's snaps outside of that. You know what I mean? And I also think that uh, with Ridley now, Jacksonville has another weapon on the outside or in the slot that Kansas ridiculous. City can't do anything about. He, he moves like a, like a creative player. Yeah, eight catches for 101 yards in his return last week. You know, uh, I think that Kansas City just has too much to worry about. I think that Jacksonville is looking forward to this game. Sort of how we talked about Detroit using Kansas City as the measuring stick. 
But Kansas City actually sent Jacksonville home last year. This is Doug Peterson against the mentor. You know, so I think that Jacksonville wants this game. I mean, everybody wants every game. But but yeah. you know, but I think but I think Jacksonville has an extra edge. It's at home. I just feel like they're ready for Kansas City. And I feel like Kansas City is going through some kind of motion. Is the moment right now. too big? Is it the, could be. That's the, the fear. Mo- like, That's the I fear. I think the moment could be too big for Jacksonville. And we've we've seen Kansas City. Yes, they've lost some key like wide receiver skill position threats over the years. Like every year seems like they're losing a different, you know, it has to add up at some point, at some point it has to catch up to you, but that would, I would buy into that more. If the quarterback got those weapons late into his prime, like if Tyreek Hill, if Patrick Mahomes was 29, two or three years ago when he got Tyreek Hill and all these guys, and he was finally able to showcase his talent with this. And then now they're gone. He has to revert back. He's been playing with all these guys for years and their wide receiver core wasn't really that deep and or impressive last mm-hmm. year. And they won the Super Bowl. He won the MVP. He hit Tony in the hands multiple times. Those drives are way different. If you turn that in the first down because the, the tight ends, no, the two tight ends, great. Their line didn't look good. There was well, it doesn't like, look good if you don't. If you're moving the ball, you you can you can affect defense. You go no huddle. You can go hurry right, up. And right, now right. now you're concerned. But if every pass is contested and people aren't coming up with the catch, then the defense is getting more and more invigorated, more and more confidence. I think it's a feature on like like PS5 Madden and like the Xbox Series X Madden, all that other stuff where like the momentum kicks up. And I think the defense can get momentum. You can get Tony catches that pass in that final, like that final drive in the middle of the field. The defense deflates because automatically you go, here we go again. Mm-hmm. I've seen Patrick Mahomes do this to other teams. I've seen him do it in the big games. I've seen him do it here in this building in the playoffs. I've seen him do it in the Super Bowl. He's about to do it to us. So now Tony catches it. Now his confidence is up. So I think you, 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 you know, granted it's a lot of ifs and a lot of feelings. So I just don't see Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just don't see Kansas City feeling like dejected. I think Kelsey no. coming back, Jones coming back. The only reason I and wanted you talked to pick about Kansas the Detroit City, defense. The only reason I picked, uh, I wanted to pick Kansas City is off of. I can't see Kansas City going 0-2. That was the only reason that I even considered Kansas City. Like something just doesn't look right to me. Yeah, 0-2, 0-2 doesn't make any doesn't make sense. I mean, it's literally it's on the table. It's, it's, it's a possibility. I don't right, know what right, the right. math is, but my rudimentary math is 50-50. They can win or they can lose. Oh, they can tie. So. So 33%. Like, I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm not gonna do math. They did one math. 33 percent chance. So we can spread out. I just like I said, just Jacksonville. They're a good team. They're up and coming. But Indianapolis was moving up and down the field on them. Indianapolis had a late lead. Mm-hmm. You had the fumbles. They weren't blocking well up front. Buckner was was coming through clean a lot. Uh, so if Jones is, is ready and he a, he's in condition or he was working out with some other kind of conditioning coach somewhere out in Missouri, 
on the river or whatever he was doing on the Ozarks and getting ready for the game, then I think he'll have a major impact. Uh, Bolton, the linebacker, had 189 tackles last season, so That's he's got everywhere. So sports report says ordered. Like when, whenever we get guest one day, like you know, he need to be in the like one of the first ten guests that we have. Yeah, that was yo. He literally like he. I still think that second fumble in the Super Bowl was a fumble, and he should have had two scooping scores. But and should have been Super Bowl MVP. There. But you and can't mess with Mahomes legacy. The script calls. For, oh, uh, if, if, no, no, no. If you <laughs> got that second, if you got that second scooping score, he's MVP. Oh, I, I know. What Mahomes is no, that's what I'm saying. That's why they couldn't yeah. do the call. Like they had to. You oh, you, they, they reversed it. They were like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That was the script. That was the script. You know what I mean. Um, but, so, uh, yeah. like I said, Kansas City, I just think that I don't think there's anything about traveling down to Jacksonville. Jacksonville Stadium isn't really a hostile environment. They don't sell no. out. I know they have the pool. And No, the best game there pool. every year is Florida against Georgia for the cocktail party. Yeah, so. That we're not allowed to call the cocktail party anymore. Um, yeah, so, I got Kansas City in that game. Give me the Giants over the Cardinals. Give me everybody in the league over the Cardinals. Give, give, me, give me Dallas over the Jets, even though, even though. This sounds like the kind of game Dallas would lose. <laughs> that they I just, just think their defense because they good. rely on the because they, because they rely on the 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 front seven. I mean, they were beating poor. Daniel Jones is like 6'5", 235 pounds. That is a think about a friend that you have that's like six feet tall, six one, six two, and put him in the NFL body. Like that's a big dude. They were tossing him around. Every chance they got, they just were just destroying him. Yeah. Seven sacks and a couple of a couple got called back because of penalties, but like, so he's a big dude. They were just slamming like yeah. that's no one think sacked Roethlisberger seven times, and that's how big Roethlisberger was. And they were just tossing Daniel Jones around. Think so, about this, Zach Wilson's. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They, they just did what they did to Daniel Jones, and then like we're like. Oh man, Dallas played the game of the year. There's no way their defense could look like that again. Oh, they got Zach Wilson. Now they got Zach Wilson. <laughs> and um, I think Zach just makes weird throws. He just makes ill time. One one throw he threw, it was like there was a a Bills defender here. His wide receiver was here. With the Bills defender on like this, so it was like your guy is sandwiched between two, and he threw it straight. Yeah, and it got it got it got deflected. But I was like, "Yo, who are you throwing that to?" And it was right in front of him. It wasn't like out. It was like he was like looking straight. Defender was here, and he was like, "I get that in," and he threw it. It's like he's gonna do that. He's gonna he's gonna do that, and Gilmore is gonna pick one off. Diggs is going to pick one off. Diggs going to pick one off for what Parsons he did to his brother. Parsons might take his shoulder off. Parsons going to get a strip sack. <laughs> Demarcus Lawrence is going to get a sack. Yeah, it's it's going it it's going to be, be ugly. You're going to see Trey Lance play. Oh, okay. Because they okay. they're going to be up by forty again in the third quarter. Like, okay. I don't. I heard some one of the commentators said it was a rule that you couldn't play your third quarterback if your first Unless or second was quarterback is still healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But maybe so, they put a package in for him. But it's it's <laughs> it's it could be. I like the Jets defense. I think Dak might make a mistake too. Um, but it's all about timing. If yeah, I could see something like twenty three to ten. 
I don't know how the Jets score unless it's some kind of crazy pick six that it's goes gonna be off Brees Hall. Like, <laughs> just breaking one. Yeah, just breaking one. Uh, but yeah, give me the Broncos over the Commanders. I got the Commanders over the Broncos. Oh, wow! Yeah. You know, actually, actually, when I woke up this morning, I picked the Commanders, and then when I sat down and thought about it, I need Sam Howell to hold on to the ball. You know, I need him to hold on to the ball. And going into mile high, you know, first road start, I just don't like it. I mean, I understand that matchup. I just don't like the – I don't like the quarterback-coach marriage of – Well, if Washington had a good Wilson. secondary, if Washington had a good secondary, I would agree with you. But, you know, our secondary is probably – you know, well, the linebackers are probably the weakest part of the defense right now. But your front, your front four is sound, and I think yeah, Russell will hold on to the ball. He's not going to run. Um, I don't see Denver putting up a lot of points. You have weapons on offense that can get loose. I, hope I think that's right. just. I think that's just an opportunity. But like I said, I'm just. I don't know if it's just my 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 Sean Payton sentiment is going to come through, but I just I just don't th- <laughs> I don't think it was a good I don't think it was a good I don't think it was a good marriage. I, I just really just – I disagree with the money spent because it, it handcuffs you to the money you spent on the quarterback and the money you spent on a coach. And the quarterback needs to prove himself. And the coach was out of coaching for a year on top of the, all the other things that went on while he was in, in New Orleans. So it was like yeah, – keep in mind that Super Bowl was thir- 14 years ago. Yeah. I was 28. Uh-huh. I was, inch- I was inches away from taking the dolphin. I mean, for taking the Pats over the Dolphins, but I couldn't do it. I took. I thought that was be a game. I thought you would have taken New England. I thought uh, about it. I really did. I really I'm, did. Like as I'm sitting here, it's the same thing. Kansas City going on to Mac Jones threw the ball 54 times last 54 week. 36 for 54 times, times against Philly. You only got sacked twice. And if Keyshawn gets his toe down, they got four shots to the end zone from the nine-yard line. I'm going to go New England. I'm going okay. to go New England. I'm going to go New England. Okay. And the reason okay. I'm thinking that is that I think that 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 that, that beach ball that Tua throws up two or three times a game gets picked. <laughs> One of them is going to get picked. Because I, I think he throws a lot of like Tyreek Hill's open a lot. Like I'm not like act like he's not open. I just think that the defense, the New England defense, will adjust to that. Because it was a couple of throws against the the Chargers. I was like, why is no one under this ball? Yeah, it's not going hard. It's not going far. But yet, Tyreek yeah, I thought was, I definitely thought about it. But yeah, I definitely thought about it. But uh, but I'm taking the Saints over the Panthers. I, I agree with you there. And then Monday night, I'm sure we disagree, but I'm going with Mr. Mike Tomlin. Yeah, that's I picked Mike Tomlin also. Okay, I I, I just know that you picked uh, Cleveland ahead of Pittsburgh in the division. So, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it is that same rule. You know, the Steelers can't possibly look that bad again back to back like that. You know, uh, Mike Tomlin, I trust him. 
you know, I don't expect Pittsburgh to go 0 2. Deshaun Watson still doesn't look good. He still doesn't look right. I mean, blame the weather, but he still What's doesn't he, like, look right. Is it a situation where we are learning that he is a is that he's Kyler Murray? Maybe because I mean, like it just was a, it was a, it was a, a couple of splash years. Well, he had DeAndre Hopkins on, back then too. Then he played on a, the the team was terrible. So he got and yeah, I think he had good stats. I think he had like thirty three touchdowns and like maybe four to six interceptions. And then he went year. like a year without playing football. Like then a he season didn't play. Change. Yeah. So yes. like, so like I don't know. Like I, at first I was thinking he's rusty. He needs to catch up. But like he he should be unrusty by now. Like <laughs> came back week eleven. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Ago. And that's the crazy part because the Browns were winning games and when he came back, it wasn't necessarily because of him, but you know, I guess he was just doing things that Jacoby Brissett wasn't doing. But you know, it, I think he just looks different than Jacoby Brissett. And I think he might throw it might be a post route to Joku or something like that. And Deshaun will throw yeah. it and Jacoby wouldn't. Jacoby would throw the check down. Yeah. You know, he'll get through his progressions quicker and yeah. not and, and just throw the check down. Whereas Deshaun will throw the I'll th- I'm gonna throw it in the, into this into this defense or whatever. And 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 it looks and it makes it makes the coach's play call it looks better because now you're getting 12 to 18 chunk yards plays versus checks down to Chubb, check down to Hunt, check down to third string running backs, or even mm-hmm. a check down to the you know tight end. I think, I think it's, it's the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes kind of structure. Alex Smith was a fine quarterback, but Mahomes was going to throw that 35-yard deep out kind of right. or that crossing route. Right. So is it preseason in college football this week? Like yeah, I think apparently we're week two is preseason. You know, we're, we're back. Well, this is week three game. now. Like, we're, yeah, we're already saying. in week three. Yeah, like we, you know, but yeah, so like um, – of course, the big game that I'm looking at, just because you know me, I do the rivalry thing. I want the big matchups. And from 1996 to about 2004, Florida and Tennessee was just one of those games that you had to watch. The old ball coach, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite trash talking lines in football history. I don't know if you ever heard this one. So, so back in the day, you know, uh, right now we got the Capital One Bowl. That takes place down in Orlando. Prior to that, it was called the Citrus Bowl. You know, so Steve Spurrier says, you can't spell citrus without UT. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that. I love that. But uh, but Tennessee has not won in the Swamp since 2003. So that's nine straight losses in the Swamp. Uh, average, that's yeah, a whole average career. Score, that's a whole career. Average score of those games is 32 to 19 that Florida has been able to beat Tennessee in the swamp. Um, This is Joe Milton's first time on the road in an environment like this. It'll be nighttime. Even though he's been in college, he hasn't played, you know, he didn't play at Ohio state. You know, he didn't play at Beaver stadium up in happy Valley. So this is his first time on the road. And like, so what I'm taking away from Tennessee is that their defense looks a lot better than it looked last year, but they played UVA and Austin P. 
So it's kind of hard to yeah, not look it's good hard. It's hard to figure out, like, because UVA has never really been a an offensive firehouse. We talked about them basically being a, a law school, and also right. it's just a small right. The governors, team. by the way, their mascot, the governors. So, so you know, uh, but Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker. You know, so everybody makes this big deal about the cannon. You know, yeah. but Hendon Hooker took what the defense gave him. He made the smart play. You know, is Milton going to force something? You know, that's my big concern there. Will Florida be able to run the ball? If they can, they win. If they don't, they won't. So I'm going to pick Tennessee. Close game. You know, I think it's going to be a shocking game as far as the score might be something like 23 to 19 or something along those lines. Whereas I think people are expecting some kind of track meet and the team's going up and down the field. So do you think the rivalry matchup is like something that resonates with the current players and staff, or is it just a matter of this is just an, an SEC opponent where Tennessee were on the road and Florida? Because like Florida, like what's the really SEC opener expecting and- Florida, Florida to really like do much this year, especially after they, the way they lost against Utah. Like they didn't, was- they didn't look like a dominant SEC team against. Utah, so I don't know if if there's any pressure on them to really step up and beat Tennessee. No, it's or... uh, it's the SEC opener. You're gonna have ninety thousand drunk ass people because the game starts at eight eight o'clock at night. So you're gonna oh, have gonna all day long. These... Yeah, they're gonna be lit up, and you know, and I think that from a fan standpoint. So yeah, going to answer your question, the players may not feel it. But that crowd don't like Tennessee, you know, like I I would look at it a little differently if they were playing, say, Kentucky or, you know, uh, South Carolina, maybe. But they're playing Tennessee. They're going to bring it. They're going to be ready for this. And I'm sure the crowd knows that Tennessee hasn't won there since 2003. So, you know, like I think that they're going to give it's eight o'clock. yeah, they're gonna give they're gonna give Tennessee everything that they can handle. I just think that Tennessee, at the end of the day, it comes down to players. You know, um, Georgia and South Carolina. I was shocked when I saw the line on this game. Was it you like know, twenty nine and a half, twenty seven and a half. Yeah, twenty seven and a half. But then I'm when bet I look, probably every anything twenty three and more, I think I'm a better parlay on. I'm gonna do it tonight <laughs> and see. Because some of those, some of those, those spreads, like the TCU Colorado spread, we talked about that. Is like, what did they see to think that it was going to be that big of a? Well, it was considering a, it that was the last team, the t- three best TCU games they had given up like 170 points. Well, I think, well, I think they saw a whole brand new team that they thought was going to take a game or two probably to gel. You know, they saw TCU still full of offense. I mean, they put up 42 points. And, yeah. you know, and it was like Colorado went 1-11 last year. So I'm sure, like, even though none of those players were there, that factored in. Still. Yeah, that factored in. You and know, you have a – yeah, so I it's got, like you got that you got that kind of, like, stretch. But Georgia, South Carolina, you said 27.5 points. 27.5, and, and it's at Georgia – Uh, So my takeaway from watching these two teams play the last couple of years is that I feel that Shane Beamer, the coach of South Carolina, feel, you know, Frank Beamer's son, feels that 
they can't beat Georgia. So he comes out there and says, let's not get embarrassed. So he doesn't beamer it up. Like to beat Georgia, he's going to have to turn into his daddy real quick. And beamer ball. special teams is going to have to save the day, even if it's just field position. Can you get like a 12-yard punt return that you'll start at the 40 instead of the 28? You know, can you block a kick and run it back or, you know, things of that nature is what they're going to need to even this game up because they can't block. We saw what North Carolina did to Spencer Rattler, and it didn't look much better against Furman. So here's a stat for you. In two games, one against North Carolina, one against Furman, South Carolina has been tackled 23 times for a loss. They're not going to get anything on Georgia. And you're going to Georgia. <laughs> so, so last year, they lost 48-7. to And they yep. were ranked 23 during that game. Yep. But then Georgia comes back the following week and beats Kent State 39-22. to So it might be some credence to what you say with Beamer just kind of being out psyching himself because Georgia played Missouri two weeks yeah. after they played Missouri South Carolina. Won that game. Yeah, Missouri should have won that game. They led all the way up until about five minutes left in the game. So, I mean, they, but, they, but you did, they but were you beating the breaks off of people, but they only beat Kentucky by 10. The Georgia Tech was 23, LSU by 20. So that 27 points, but like, with a new quarterback, that's 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 a tough spread. But but if you're if you're going into it with this mindset that let's not get embarrassed, then yeah, you, you're putting your team behind the eight ball, you know. And from yeah, the it's like basically, can we keep Georgia from getting fifty? Is what I take away from it, you know, when I watch it play out. But uh, but you brought up TCU, you know, I got TCU on upset alert. I think they win, but I think they're on upset alert against Houston. They're going to Houston. First Big 12 game in Houston's history, you know, first year in the conference, you know, rivalry against a team that when the SWC broke up back in 1992. Southwest Conference. Yeah, Houston, Rice, they got left behind, Baylor, Texas Tech, and everybody else moved on up. So, you know. Everybody in northern part of Texas. Yeah, and Dana Hogerson, the coach at Houston, is on the hot seat. They lost to Rice last week. Because Mr. Logical was sitting up in here talking about Texas struggling with Rice. Texas struggling with Rice. And Rice that went out there wanting to buy you bucket last week. You know, so uh so I think that I think that Houston's gonna for a half. I think the crowd is gonna be lit up. I think Dana's gonna be lit up, but I think TCU's just gonna have too much. But if they let you know, you know the thing, you let a bad team hang around, you know, the longer you let them hang around. Yeah, um TCU can look at their final drive against Colorado and say we can't play that way at any point this season because right. they switched up their entire philosophy. Like that final drive, they're throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. And then once they got to a point on the field where it was like, let's be conservative, they did it too early. It took the foot off the gas too early. And sometimes when you think you're better than the other team or you, you, you want to ensure that you win, it's one thing to just secure the victory. And there's other thing to ensure that you win where you could just do stuff like, you know what, we're going to run the clock, the play clock down, and then we're going to snap it and run it. And, and they, they did it three times in a row, so the point was fourth down, and they had to throw it. 
And Colorado was all on it because each play built up confidence, built up confidence. We're about to win this thing. Next stop, next stop, next stop. Got that stop. Colorado got the ball back. Rest is history. People have been going crazy ever since. Um, yeah. I'm looking at LSU, Mississippi State. I always have a thing with these preseason rankings. Um, and I get, like, the matchups in college football, who you play and when you play them and all those other things. Uh, LSU's ranked, you know, 14-101. Mississippi State's 2-0, not ranked. If they would have came into the season preseason ranked, you know, like, it's, it's just that. I know it, it all, it all, you know, the cream rise to the top, but I just like the – I like the 2-0 and Mississippi State kind of coming in like, you know what? These guys already lost to Florida State. We This is an opportunity this year to, to make to make a move, and I think you, LSU should be on uh, upset alert. You know what I like? I like that 11 o'clock kickoff. Early. That's what I like with the cowbells. Early. Wake your ass up, LSU. That uh, yeah. guy's probably going to be there. Yes, I think LSU wins. Um, I think that Mississippi State, if they play the way they've played their first two games, LSU might just put them in a sleeper hold because obviously, rest in peace, Mike Leach. Uh, Mike Leach was about throwing the ball to air raid. Uh, The new coach, Arnett, he's more of a old school, let's establish the run Problem is LSU stops the run. Their weakness is their secondary. You know, so like I don't know, like if they're going to stick to that. But Will Rogers, the quarterback for Mississippi State, here's here's an example of what I mean. They've played two games this season. He's thrown forty eight passes total. He has eleven career games where he's thrown forty eight or more. So he needs to revert back. They need to revert the offense. 13 for 17, 162 yards, and he had three TDs against Arizona last week. Granted, yes, Arizona, but they also got four. And that game went to overtime. And they got four. And he only threw 17 passes. 23 carries for for Marks, 123 yards and a touchdown. So I think if you are confident in your your play calling and and the way you run things, but yeah, keep in mind, like Mississippi State's playing with house money. They are. There's I no, just don't think there's no Brian Kelly him. getting interviewed talking about we're thinking with George at the end of a win or a loss. Right. It's just something about the spotlight and who shines bright in the spotlight. And Mississippi State's beat them three times in the last 10 years. So, like, LSU should know. I mean, Brian Kelly, this is only his second year there, but he should know that Mississippi State is there to play. You know, like this isn't like SEC matchup. Like you should just know, like any game from Texas to Florida in that window, that geographical window, I-40, I-20, I-10, all of that that's going. Well, I wonder, well, I wonder, I wonder if next week is the week, you know, where. Next week's the week for a lot of people. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Well, 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 LSU plays Arkansas next week. And, you know, so Arkansas views LSU as, like, their rival right now. You know, so, like. The boot. Yeah, catch them off of coming off of Mississippi State. Mississippi State being a little physical, whatever the case may be. You know, watch out. You know, um, I got Iowa State on upset alert losing. I got them losing, actually, to Ohio. 
not Ohio State, Ohio, the Bobcats. Bobcats? The Bobcats. You know, Curtis Rourke, remember that name. Um, I got South Alabama. This was one of my preseason upsets. I got South Yo, Alabama. He's gonna ride that. He gonna ride that out. Yeah, beating. I got to. I said it. I put it on wax. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got. So I got them beating Oklahoma State. Um, the backyard brawl games that only two five cares about. Backyard brawl, West Virginia and Pitt. And Pitt. Yep, I'm ready for that. Yeah, I know. Know. I know a little bit what you're talking about. I mean, I'm out in this yeah, area. Yeah, I'm ready for that. You know, same uh, thing. I got, the, I, I, mean, got, uh, West... I got Michael Penix Jr., Washington, and Michigan State. I think there he you go. puts another feather in his cap for his Heisman candidacy. I think that's a big game for him. Turmoil at Michigan State with the coaches and yeah. sexual assault and just with the transfer portal and just like people just kind of – you can – as soon as you hear about something going on with the coach that recruited you, you could put one foot out the door. You know, you got – I'm I, I'm willing to bet that there's people on that staff that have sent text messages to other friends they have in coaching, thinking about vacancies for next year. So I think a lot of people can just literally just kind of be on their way well, out the door. Michigan State needs to just drag it out as long as they can because the moment that they fire Mel Tucker, the players get a 30-day window to transfer. So, you know, they might want to hold on to that as long as they can. January 1st. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, but I like uh, they're bringing back Mark D'Antonio. I don't like it from a image standpoint because he left because he was being investigated for recruiting violations and, you know, all this stuff going on. Like, obviously, that's not a thing anymore, but it just doesn't look like the right image. Um, everybody seems to like the interim coach, you know, he played there. He was an NFL player. So, you know, he's got some cachet with him that he'll bring. So with D'Antonio helping him, I could see a path where Michigan State keeps it a lot closer than the experts think. I still think Washington gets out of there with the W. I'm trying to pull up the spread right now because I think it was like 16 and a half last I looked. Let me pull up. FanDuel. You know, so yeah, or, I like uh, order. We try to get sponsors. So FanDuel will holla at us, I mean. Yeah, holla at us, baby. Holla at us. You know what I mean? But uh um, yeah, so yeah, 16 and a half, you know, is the spread. And it's at East Lansing. So, you know, tough place to play. We'll see. You know, Michael Penix was a big 10 dude, though. You know, he knows about it. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I think uh you know, I got Kansas State over Missouri. A lot of people I've been hearing on the podcast and on the radio <clears throat> seem to be thinking that Missouri can win this game or cover. I just seem to remember 40 to 12 last year. You know, granted, it's at Missouri now. I think a lot of people are doing Missouri's SEC and Kansas State is Big 12. So we're picking Missouri. I think Kansas State's going to walk them again. You know, I'm looking uh, at some of these some of these spreads. I'm trying to look for the most outrageous ones. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm get still, your opinion on it. So I'm going to so I'm going to take uh, Kansas State. You know, to cover the three and a half against. Uh, we got Central Michigan, thirty-four and a half point underdogs in Notre Dame. I'm taking Central Michigan to cover that. Um, I do think Notre Dame is going to, you know, pretty much control the game. You know, but that's. A little too rich for my blood, if you will. You got Penn State, you know, first road game for Drew Aller going to Champaign. You know, or, you know, as I saw on the map the other day, Champaign.
Payne Urbana. You they, know, they're to play the Illini. Point of favorite yeah. there. I got another Michigan. So we got where is it? I just had I'm it. taking Michigan and whatever they got. No, no, no. Iowa. Twenty now, this is a bet. I'm definitely taking <laughs> Iowa 20 half, 28 and a half, and a half against Western Michigan. Western Michigan. This dude yeah. has a clause where he has to average 25 points. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy about that? The spread is 28 and a half, right? The over under is 42 and a half. So that is nuts. Like, what are they thinking that the final score is going to be? Like, <laughs> what? Because like, I think I, these people aren't—they think their people just aren't looking at that game. But that's my—that might be a, a gimme. Like, like I'm for Iowa me. to cover that, for Iowa to cover that, and get the over, they would have to win like forty-one to three or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. And they haven't just, scored over twenty-six points. Yeah, season. Rutgers favored by six and a half over Va Tech. You know what that means? That means I got Rutgers on upset alert. You know, but I think they win. Tennessee um, six and a half. Yeah, Tennessee six and a half over Florida. You oh know, yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You talked about that. Yeah, Oklahoma twenty eight and a half point favorites at Tulsa. You know, Alabama. The line is now up to thirty three. At Tampa against South Florida. A Ole game Miss that I'm interested 18 in. 18 and a half over Georgia Tech. Yeah, I like Georgia Tech to cover that, but I, I think Ole Miss wins. Uh, but Michigan, one, 40 and a half over Bowling Green. I'm taking it. I'm laying it with Michigan. You know, I'm laying it. You know. They're going to win by 40? Yeah, I'm laying it. I'm going to have a nice little parlay. But, uh. North Carolina and Minnesota should be an interesting game. You know, North Carolina favored by seven and a half. You know, that's a 3.30 game, East Coast time. So, you know, that'll be a good game to get the day going in the middle. If you want to flip the channel from Tennessee. and a half points. Or if you want to flip the channel. Oh, speaking of which, don't forget, people, that Wyoming team that Texas is playing this weekend did beat Texas Tech the first game of the season, and Texas is coming off of that Alabama game, and everybody's telling them that they're back. Will Texas sleepwalk for a half? You know, we'll see. You know, uh, can Nebraska get their first win over Northern Illinois? Favorite by 10.5. Northern Illinois went into Chestnut Hill and beat Boston College, you know, last week. You know, speaking of Boston College, 26 and a half point underdogs. See, same thing, right? Florida State going in there favored by 26 and a half over under 47 and a half. They expect then, these teams to just lay down. Yeah, then of course, tomorrow night, me and Mr. Logical got our $1 bet going on for the Tidings trophy. If he's mad enough to accept my $1 bet, because we got the Terps and the Cavaliers. Man, I don't care about the Cavaliers. <laughs> I'll be at Army. I'll be at Army UTSA. UTSA is favored by nine. I'm taking Army to cover. I don't even know if UTSA quarterback is going to play. He's in a boot. 
I'll take you know, Army because I'm an Army brat. I saw him get hurt with my own eyes in the crowd last weekend. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, Ohio State by 29 and a half against my Hilltoppers. You know, so I'll probably lay that with Ohio State. You know, I'm but yeah. some of these. I think I'm going to just pick every single one that I think is ridiculous. Yeah. So right now, I got a seven-leg parlay. All the ridiculous underdogs. I might, I might like San Diego State to cover the 25 against Oregon State. You know, I think their defense is pretty good. You know, um, so I don't know if Sandy, I don't know if Oregon State's going to score enough points to get that. Or how about Texas A&M favored by 36 and a half over Louisiana Monroe? Yeah, I, I saw that one, too. You know, I might Akron be willing to lay Kentucky. that one, too. You know, because, you know, Jimbo going to be trying to make a statement after that game against Miami last week. Hawaii, Oregon. Oregon's favored by 38 and a half. Now, is this is this a thing, right? You before uh, Jay Norvell got out here talking, I'm sure a lot of people wondered if Colorado would be looking ahead to Oregon. Is Oregon looking ahead to Colorado? The hype. I'm about to put ten dollars on them. The hype, you know, you know, in Colorado, you know, so yeah, so you know, Clemson 25 over Florida Atlantic. You know. Got a fourteen leg parlay, ten thousand win, eighty two thousand right. dollars. If all of those twenty plus spreads cover, there you go, mattress Mac. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna you do know. it as soon as I get off this. But yeah, so now from that to load management, you know, uh, the NBA has come out with their new rules. Most notably, that two stars cannot sit out the same game without real injuries. You know, a star counts as someone who has been in the all-star game or made an all-NBA team in the last three seasons. So what you like, what you don't like, Mr. Logical? Uh, I like that they made an attempt at it. Like, I respect that. The thing that I don't think you can really regulate is if a dude wakes up with back tightness, I give you an example. Like I've been dealing with an ankle. I haven't, I didn't hurt anything. I didn't roll it. It just, you know, like I had some joint pain and like my ankle swelled up. So I've been like limping like last week. We get some change. What's today? Thursday? Probably since like last Monday. And like every day it's just like, okay, it gets all right. Then I, you know, I've been working out the gym. I just been on the exercise bike because the elliptical or trying to run on the treadmill or, doing anything else the impact was killing me but the bike i was good to go so i could do the bike but i was still hobbled around and i just and that was like a week so you want paul george Kawhi leonard like i say we i pulled up i had the letter pulled up here in a second so i could be able to read quote straight from the letter but if you want a guy to be able to sit out for a back-to-back this is this is the requirement of the team let me see we pull it up all right. If a team believes that a star player is unable to play in any back-to-backs pursuant to this section 5.2 or B.2.B, the player's team must provide the league with office written support information, e.g. a team physician's opinions letter, supporting information, uh, 
player's medical record and related imaging regarding the extent of, to the which the player participation may be limited. He must provide this proposal to the league office at least one week to the first game that the player would be expected to miss due to the planned back-to-back restrictions. So if you want Kawhi to potentially sit in the week, you still got to provide imaging and medical records saying this is why. So either he can't play, like is he not going to play for that week leading up to it? So what's going to be the rationale behind it? I understand that they want to ensure that the fan experience is legit. I still know how well you regulate it. They have the fine system. We can talk about that. Like after the first infraction, it's a $100,000 fine. The second violation is a $250,000 fine. The third one is a million dollars more than your previous penalty, like from that point on. So any subsequent penalties is a million dollars more. So your third one is going to be $1.25 million because your mm-hmm. second one was $250,000. Yeah. So your fourth one would be $2.25 million. It's a million dollars more. Mm-hmm. It just goes up a million dollar increments. But how do you determine if it's low management or if it's simply these guys can't go? And I didn't read anything. Like, I've been reading through it. I don't read any, like, back-end penalties because to me, I figure – it's like a baseball. They got the disabled list. If you can't play that back to back, then they can't play, you know, X amount of games after that, two or three games after that. That way, yeah, you want to rest them on this back to back, but do you want to rest them against Milwaukee, Chicago, and Dallas? Like, do you want to risk losing those games potentially because you're resting your star? So maybe you haven't played against the Kings or you haven't played that game against Houston, even though you might not want that. You know, that's that's the thing for me is like the impact has to be a little bit more than money because that hundred thousand dollars on making beer mm-hmm. at the games. Twenty thousand people at the stadium buying twelve dollar hot dogs, eighteen dollar french fries, and fourteen dollar beer money. The TV money is like the foam fingers and the popcorn, the tickets alone. So like that, that hundred thousand dollars is like okay. This section of seats will just give you this money. I just don't see. I don't know if this is the answer, but I like that the NBA is trying something. You yeah. know, like Adam Silver is like that dude from Belly running around. Who want to test me? <laughs> you know, like you know, come test them, find out. You know, um, I like the old. I like the old man rule. You know, to some degree, to some degree, if you're 35 or have played 34,000 minutes or like combined playoff and regular season, combined playoff and regular season, and then 1,000 combined combined regular season and playoff games, um, you could get some load management exceptions there. So I get it. But at the same time, just as a fan, I still don't necessarily like it. Because like my thing all right, is, so who are, who are the three like the three people off the rip that meet that qualification? Just LeBron, KD, LeBron, Steph. KD, and Steph. Yeah, those are the three people that meet that already. Those are the, probably the guys that sell out on the road strictly because they're there, right? But I think that's gonna like that's the part that's gonna hurt the fans the most because if you got to sit out that much, just retire. If you got to sit out LeBron that LeBron comes to the garden once a year since he's been playing out west. Right. So he'll play. So if he comes east and they play their games, 
their east their road trip on the east. Say he hits Philly, tough game. New York, he's gonna play that because it's Madison Square Garden. He admits that that's one of his favorite. And he knows that Julius Randle is food. Julius Randle, Spike Lee, Denzel Washington will probably be there. Hove will probably be there. Diddy. He knows it's a spectacle. It's Manhattan. It's literally just, it's just a spectacle, Matt, you know, Madison Square Garden right there. And then the game against Brooklyn is going to be a tough game. Then Boston, like if he, if they play them all on like an East Coast trip, is he going to be able to play Philly, New York, Brooklyn, Boston? But if those he can't, tickets, then he needs to retire. Those tickets are going to be are going to be priced high. like mm-hmm. this is Steph Curry's potentially last game coming to Brooklyn, you know, or KD or definitely LeBron because right. it'll right. be over 40. So it's like, yo, those tickets, either the original price is going to be crazy and then the resale is going to be bananas. So, like, that's that's the piece that I – we talked about this at the beginning of our – you know, we started the show. is like just give fans an insurance. Mm-hmm. It's like if these guys don't play – then I get to get a voucher for either like another ticket or something from the gift shop of some 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 value of my ticket, 60 to 70% you know of my ticket. Send me over to the boss store. <laughs> and then and then send the bill and send the bill to the team. Like listen, Adola. you rested, you yeah. rested, you know, you rested LeBron. So hey, Jeannie, you owe these 700 fans who filled out vouchers. Because they paid this price to see LeBron and you sat him. So the voucher is 60 bucks per, per you owe that money. Like no, even so, if it's not a lot, like you just send that bill to the other team. So looking at it from a business standpoint, you know, I can understand why if you're the Lakers, if you're the Clippers, you want the best return on your investment. So if you can sit these dudes and get away with it, you will because you rather have them in June than have them in March. So I totally get that from that standpoint. What I think my issue is, is why is Tyrese Halliburton load managing? And why is SGA load managing? And why is, you know, like... These dudes that aren't even 25 yet. Why are you? Dudes who can't rent cars. Why why is Jason Tatum load managing? You know, that's what I have the problem with. Like LeBron, because I get it. You know, I'm 42 years old. Sometimes walking up and down the steps, waking up fresh in the morning, ain't nothing happened to me the day before. I can walk down those steps and my hamstrings hurt the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get it. I walked through the whole mall all day Saturday. And then woke up Sunday, ankle hurts. Yeah. So I get it from that standpoint. But I don't understand why, you know, like I said, Jalen Brown, whoever, why are you load managing? You know, even somebody like Embiid, you know, like, is it even proven that load management actually prevents anything from happening? Don't go to practice. Don't like, go to practice. I, I think about this, and I, I'm pretty sure that the NBA game is tougher than practice. I know those guys go hard, and I hear Steph talk about it. James Harden talks about it. Like, their workouts and, like, their routines are pretty tough. But if you just said, hey, just come to the training room. Matter of fact, don't even come to the training room. We play 
Tuesday night. We got off Wednesday. We'll practice Thursday. We got a game Friday. Just use either come to the facility to get treatment, and then you get your couple of days off. Just stay at home and rest. Be ready for the plane Thursday afternoon. Like, just give them that time because you have them practicing Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Thursday night when I pay $200 per ticket to sit in row 26 and Embiid and Giannis both aren't playing. It's like, why did I drive over to Philly? Yeah, Steph, Steph, Clay, and uh, Draymond know the plays. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> they, yeah. they know they know what you're trying to run. They know what the calls are. You know, Kaminga needs to be at practice. You know, like uh, Marcus or Moses Moody needs to be at practice. At practice. You know, James Wiseman when should have been Detroit, at practice. needs to be at practice. So, yeah. so, so you know, like, so, so that's my biggest thing is like. Especially when not only do I factor in the fans in the stands, but we get these marquee games, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays is TNT. You know, Wednesday is ESPN. If you want one of those games, you need to be on TV too. You know, like that's because that not only are the fans there watching. If you're on the marquee, you need to be on the floor. You need to be on the floor. You can sit out the next game or the game before if you got to, whatever the case may be, but not that game. And 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 that's where, like, going back to your point, as far as if somebody's sore, if somebody's tender or whatever, how do you – you can't find me because my guy's hamstring is on fire. You hey, know, like, even – Woke Even up though, back tightness. Like a test may not show. Back ain't been loose since. A, a test may not show, you know, whatever's going on with his shoulder. But I can look at him and see, like, he don't walk like that normally. Or, you know, he seems a little slower today than he normally does. Or, like, whatever. Like, I can see that stuff, you know. But it also makes me wonder how much of this is – being smarter versus being tougher or whatever that line because you know we always hear you know jordan played 82 games and this person played 82 games john stockton played 82 games pretty much his whole every almost 80 82 games every year so, so, so that's why i think for me obviously the old guy that's why like for me i'm kind of like what is the issue here like why aren't y'all playing why are you making 50 million dollars and you're finding a way. And, and, of course, you know, they say it's not the player doing it. It's the team. But, you know, but you mean to tell me if Portland I, told I, – I, I, I don't see what you what – you, I don't see how you heal. But like, I don't – But What are you Portland, preventing? If Portland tells Dame Lillard, sit out tonight. Like, bro, like this man talked about not even going to whatever team he going to get traded to if it's not Miami. <laughs> But I'm supposed to believe that the owner of whoever <laughs> is going to come downstairs and be like, yo, Dame, I don't want you to play tonight. And he's just going to be like, all right. Especially the, like somebody like the, him. It's the end. It's the, I'm, I'm going to use the invasion of analytics into sports decision making. It's not a matter of, because if you think about it, if you play 82 regular season games, and then you want to make a championship run. You're looking at, like, for instance, the year that 
one of the latest years where uh, Golden State, the KD Golden State years, and LeBron and the Cavaliers, they were twelve and one heading into the finals, and Golden State was twelve and zero. So you got to win at least sixteen games, potentially playing twenty eight more games. So, unless you think your team is going to make a championship run. What are you saving this guy for? Well, because if you like, have, if I'll you have, him. if you're Portland and you have Dame Lillard, and your record is thirty-seven and or thirty and thirty-seven after sixty-seven games, and you're and you know when you go from Portland and you play that game in Utah, is a lot of fans in Utah. People are gonna buy tickets to see Dame play. When he goes to Houston, they're going to, you know, when he goes to New Orleans or he goes into Orlando, whatever it is, and you're 30 and 37, like, what are you resting him for? Like, I will tell you, you why. What, why would you rest him in game 68 to bring him back for 69 for what? Like, it's not like you're making Dallas, a playoff run. Because Dallas and Portland are disgusting franchises. And, oh, you know, yeah. Because you, you lost know. one little bet. No, it's not even about the bet. Like, even though that was stupid because they didn't play because – I think Dallas, what Dallas did made sense because it's like you, I think what Dallas did made more sense than the little management piece is like, if you know, you look around your locker room, you know what a championship team looks like. How many teams look like Denver? How many teams look like Memphis was a good team? You know, they had some injuries, but how many, how many coaches can walk into their locker room and look around and be like, I got a superstar guard. I have. Uh, I got a wing guy that could. I got a real three and D guy. I got a good aggressive rebounder who's also a good all ball defender. Or I'm Boston. I got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Most teams know they don't have that. So Dallas was like, listen, we don't have 28 more potential NBA games on our schedule, no matter how we try to slice it. You know that's not going to happen. So why put your guy out there? See, this is the feelings or facts part for me. Like, we've reached that impasse where that just don't make sense to me, what you just said, because, you know what I mean? Like, you you have one year. It was the last game in the season. It was for a playoff position. No, but they don't have a No, but they sat out before that. That made that that way. They sat out. Because I don't have a playoff team. What am I doing? Look. Look, I, like, like I said, this is the fact. This is me getting facts over uh, or emotions over facts. That's because, how Duncan. But, that's but, how David Robinson sat, and that's how San Antonio got Tim Duncan. No, because they I, sat him when he was healthy to go. No, I like sports, you're you're sports, trying to say play for pride, but in the same size, people forget pride is sin. <laughs> Sometimes you got to use common sense. No. Kyrie, Luca, Dallas. They Fuck were all that. We all, in said, we all said in some kind of way. Yeah, no, cool. like, 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 no, like, the, no, for the love like, of money and all of that. But no, they weren't and, going to go anywhere. No, what was the point of bringing Kyrie in? I think they thought to, it would to end up to end up with the number twelve draft pick and or the I number ten draft 11, pick. They, ten or eleven. It, it was ten. It was ten. They traded to twelve with OKC to get the big guy from Duke. But um, they were, so they were originally ten, but they were trying to take so they could try to get as high of a draft pick as they could. 
and you know, that's, it worked and out that's, for this. It worked always out for been that's always it been was. an element in the draft era of sports. Lovey Smith was told to lose that game against the Colts, <laughs> and he won it. Football's hard to tank because it's like those dudes. No matter if you're trying to tank, I'm still getting hit real hard. I could be down forty-five to three, and I'm still gonna have to go out there and kick return, punt, block, whatever, whatever. And I'm a twenty-two-year-old rookie backup linebacker. I'm still getting hit. So you worried about draft picks? I worry about being on the team next year. I get that. But on a basketball team, when you only have twelve to fifteen guys, you knew those twelve to fifteen guys want to get you over the hump. And I get it. Yeah, you gave the you gave the, the your fans. 38, 39 good home games that you could. But when it came down to those last five or six games, it's like we need to worry about 2023, 24, because we're not making a next we're not playing 20 more games in this this season. Yeah, but it's not like they got but it's not like they got anything that we could look back and be like that justifies that. Because I didn't say it justified it. I just said that that was the rationale behind it. Yeah, it's a stupid like your, your, your experiment did not work. But I think that makes more sense than me resting. But it didn't. Like, but if you're but 30, part of it, if you're part of the reason that it didn't like, work, part of the reason that it part of the reason that it didn't work was they didn't they they didn't play. They had too time. many. They had too many wins by the time they were like we're not gonna have a. They had too many wins, like the whole the bubble thing. The you know not the bubble, but the uh the playing is like you get twenty teams in the playoffs, and then it was. You realize in the latter part of March, early April, like, okay, yeah, we're done. Like, we don't have it, you know, for instance, like a guy, you know, punches the wall, hurts his hand or whatever. You you kind of lose a player here, lose a player there. You're like, you know, we don't have a champion. We can't compete with Denver. If you are, you know, 32 and 50 at the end of the year or 31 and, and 49, you got to one game left or a couple of games left. You're like, you know what? We're not, we're not a good team. And you know, you're not a good team. You just play whoever you have. But that's different. Like they were still in play. They, that was the, but that was the equivalent. Like we <clears throat> we're better off being 32 and 50 with the team we have. It's like, why, why are we out here front? Like we have a good team. We're about to be 10th or 11th in the West. We are 20. It's 30 teams in the league. We about to be, Begging to be twentieth to play more games to that benefit that don't benefit benefit the future. Think about it. You're just playing Luca more time. You're playing Kyrie more time, and it doesn't benefit the future because you're not beating anyone out west. You weren't beating. You weren't beating the Lakers. You weren't beating Memphis. Anybody you matched up with in the West, you weren't. Hey, you're making more money with those playoff games, those playing games. But you like like Mark Mark Cuban said it. The guy asked him a few years ago if he would sell his team for three billion dollars. He was like, "What I'm going to do another three billion dollars?" <laughs> like I think I think the money, like yeah, the money factors in to us, like the fine, like oh they're going to find him one point five, one point two million dollars. But let's keep it a bean. It's twenty thousand people in these arenas. That's millions of dollars in just ticket sales. So the one game you sit Kawhi, you could just go to the. The, the vault and be like, all right, here, NBA, and just throw well, no, see, bags think, full of money at Adam Silver. Granted, I get the I get the sentiment I, behind it. I think it. there's a couple of different things at play here though. So like so like even using the NFL, like you know, you brought up the NFL and how it's different. But even at the at the NFL level, if a team is like, I don't know, five and seven, 
How did Sam Howell start that game against Dallas? Why did they start him? Because what's his name? Ron Rivera is a dumbass. It had nothing to do with Sam Howell. They knew he was going to be the starter. It had nothing to do with Sam Howell. No, what happened was Heineke had some bad games. You're back up in Atlanta, by the way. He had some bad bad games. They threw in Carson Wentz and was like, hey, we're just going to throw something at the wall and see if this will get us into the playoffs. Oh, what do you mean? So since we lost to Cleveland, that means that we can't make the playoff now? So, like, they didn't tank, though. They just lost to Cleveland. And but then, that's but that's the but same play, thing. That's what, started, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Ritter started when 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 Atlanta essentially was out of but that's my real point. considering that's my point. playoff contention is like that's the, well, but that's the difference we out of it. So that's why keep playing? Well, that's the difference. They were out of it. Yeah, Dallas okay. was like, so you're mathematically out of it OKC. versus understanding that you are actually out of it. It's like this: if we're if we're in a race, if we're if we're running a 400 meter race, right, and me you start out. Once and you, the, once and the gun goes, supposed to stop running. And the gun goes off, and you look up, and I'm at 200 meters, and you're at 125. I'm supposed to just stop. You you know. Yeah, but am I supposed to, to stop? Am I supposed to be to, like? Are you supposed to be like? Uh, winning the silver medal stop, wouldn't be good the either. They didn't stop. They just didn't. They, they did stop. Didn't, no, they didn't exhaust themselves to the finish line. They kept playing. They didn't forfeit the games. No, they sat people. They sat Luca. Luca was like, so "Why am jogged. I sitting?" They Luka jogged like, to the finish line. They you just I mean? jogged he to the finish line. He was publicly asking, like, "Why did they sit me?" Because he's a he's a competitor, and I'm pretty sure he wanted to exactly. play. Exactly. Realistically, all yeah, these dudes you can compete. Competitors. Yeah, they're all competitors, but in the same they not all. You also got to be competent. Some we of them dudes are playing just because they sit with Kevin. And, the, and maybe that's the, the case. Some of are playing because they like can. the the raw room uh the podcast is great. I love it. Darren Bates. Uh, uh, they have a couple of the guys. Another guy used to play for the um Falcons. He was on the Super Bowl team that lost. Uh, and they just have you know guests in there, and he was it's dope. So one of the guys was a was an NFL player, and he was like, man, so like uh like how do you guys feel like when the season's about to end? Like you know. And you know you're not making the playoffs or whatever. He was like, "Shit, I be we be planning vacations." He was like, "We know we out of there. We know we got a couple more games left, and the season's over. Like you know it." Yeah, but just, if they're eight and seven and can get a wild card, they're not planning vacations. You you eight and seven. We've All seen right. nine and seventeen get, teams win the Super Bowl. I, I and listen, I'll give you that if you have the momentum and you think you have the. But the how do you know that if you have it or not? You if you can don't have look, it, look, you like, know, <laughs> you know what the trade deadline. You don't have it. That's why you did. Denver make a big trade last year at no. the trade deadline. They didn't need to. Did Philly make a big trade? No. Did Boston they should make have. a big trade? <laughs> did Boston make a big trade? No, but they did it now. Did Miami make a big trade? No, but they should have. So all the teams that in the middle of the season, the Lakers, they completely overhauled everything because it's like it made they the were Western going Conference for Finals. It. But they, but they felt like they had the pieces in place to go for. Dallas made their move and it didn't work. The but Lakers we don't know. move worked, they didn't play. But it, it didn't work. It they didn't, didn't work play. the weeks all the weeks before. 
I'm not talking they, about that last. That last week was no, irrelevant. They only played like ten games together out of <laughs> like of the injury. Out of like Once the again, twenty-five possible games. Where, that they could where have are played. you gonna get? Where are you gonna get this chemistry in April? That's gonna bubble up and get you to June. You're not gonna get it. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It's not a good business move. Like right now, if I just want to start a show with a dude I met a couple months ago at work that likes to talk right. about sports. Versus me and you and our chemistry. I know this can work. I know we can keep doing this for years. Hopefully we start getting paid for whatever case may be. But I know I can, me and you can have this. We can keep doing this. I don't know that with this new dude. And if I brought him in, I'm like, you know what? This ain't working. So I'm going to stop doing this twice a week if I know this doesn't work. And yeah, then I'm going to retool. And I'm like, Portland yo, Mike, what's going on? on? Let's 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 try this again. Let's Let's make this move again. Portland didn't make the moves they needed to make prior to the end of the year. They didn't make the right moves. No, you're right. You, you got to recognize the bad investment. Got, but at least they got scooed out of it. Like Dallas got Derek Lively the third. <laughs> but that's because Dallas was in it for a little bit longer. Portland realized, and I'll, I'll just throw out some arbitrary dates, March 25th, and they got – 10 games left. Well, I'm just I'm just throwing out arbitrary dates and numbers. They're like, you know what? We got nothing. We got nothing going forward. We have no idea if Dane wants to be here next year. Let's not exhaust ourselves. Let's put some of these young guys in and see what they can do. Dane wanted and let them run around. He like, just wanted them to do what they were supposed to do. Yeah, we, you know, you know, we can say that. Just but like Giannis. Was, Giannis is talking about it right now. But because that's everyone keeps asking. Like, yo, you just want to chip. Like, just you're not going to win it every year. Yeah, like I is. know, but but is Giannis supposed to be like, yo, I'm Milwaukee through and through and X, Y, Z? Like, yeah, old school Well, you can't like do that, that because it's like, realistically, you can't do that because the team won't operate like that. The team won't sign you to a 10-year deal based on how you played right. in 2023. Right. They're going to sign you to a three-year, a two-year, a four-year, and then they'll have wiggle room to get out of it in two or three years. Like, you can't have this, this unadequated fucking – faith in this team versus a team literally we've seen it with michael jordan <laughs> the bulls didn't keep the team that won 72 games together after champ like they were like breaking up a team that won six championships in eight years so we know organizations will do whatever they want to do so players have to do the same thing but also with that, you have to be able to recognize, like, this is a bad investment. It did not work. Competitive or not, it did not work. And you can't be like, it might work. It's too late in the year for it and ifs. And you have to be, you got to draw that line in the sand. The Lakers, I personally probably would have shut it down. Just because I'm like, I'm looking for next year. But when you have a guy that's 38, 39 years old. You ride it out. If he says, hey, I'll give you everything I got in this tank, then you go with it. But if he couldn't go and AD couldn't go, then you shut it down and you get ready for next year. But since they both could go, you go all out. Kyrie and Luka didn't have that same kind of chemistry, didn't have that same kind of like the ability to like rally the team. It was more of a, a business decision. Like, you know what? Let's get out of here and figure out Kyrie's contract. Luca's contract, trade values, getting pieces in, getting pieces out, because that was more important for them for 23-24 versus a first or second round exit in the playoffs. Just to sell out, what, four more games? Maybe? Maybe two? Like, what are you going to do with another 
what are you gonna do with another hundred million dollars? <laughs> like when you have billions, it's like I have billions of dollars and I own the team. It's like, why do I need to put Luca through another playoff run where he's out in the first round when I can just just go ahead and we get out of here and we'll, and we'll get to business? I think that fans have reached a point where there's no return. Like they realize that there are certain things that they perceive that they care about more than the players do, you know, and cause like to the outside eye, you know, we see he's making $40 million. Why he's sitting out like, you know, like somebody that's out here working a $36,000 job, Ain't trying to take no days off, you know, saying because they need that income coming in, you know, whereas yeah. these guys, it's guaranteed. So whether they play or not, you know, whether they get traded or not, they're getting that money. So maybe in essence, that's part of the problem as well, is that we talk about the NFL like, hey, I wish the NFL had guaranteed contracts with all these injuries and the things that the players put up with, whereas in the NBA, maybe that guaranteed contract is the root of where this load management comes in. Cause once you guarantee the money, I can do what I want. Well, baseball has guaranteed contracts. Those guys play every day and they still play. Well, I mean, baseball is probably not as strenuous though. Like as far as like, from I mean, like from they, they say just, just the, the, the travel and the, the lack of rest time. Right, right. That that's going to be like common across the, the, the physical, yeah. the physical toll of the game. Right, right. You know, like if you get hit by a pitch and you get hit in the ribs on Monday, and you got a game in Cincinnati that Monday that we got hit, and you got another game in Philly the next day, you still got to get to Philly. Right. You still right. And you'll play. You know, like so you don't really get the rest that you know you got hit in the ribs. Whereas the NBA, you get the rest a few days. Right. You take one game off, and you know you you're, you're resting four or five days. Baseball, you're just playing back to back to back. Football, yeah, you definitely need that time off. It surprises me that they have these Thursday night games, but that's another conversation for another day. I feel you on the I'm spending my money to see you. I'm spending my money on your jerseys. Like literally, I'm wearing a Ben Simmons jersey. It was $20 I got it on sale after you got traded. And uh, I'm not even a Sixers fan. I just bought it because it was like available and I just liked it. I'm like, you know what? I like the colors. Um, and I, I purchased a couple of tickets. I've been to a couple of NBA games since I've been here. I've been to a couple of hockey games. Right. So I, I, I understand it. And I understand the fan. It just, for me, as a fan, I have to say to myself, do I want to spend $700 per ticket and hope to see LeBron play basketball? Is If, if that's enough for me, like, listen, I'm going to spend this money to go to this game and create this core memory for me or I go on a date or you taking your kid or you taking a coworker or whatever, whatever it is, you have to just lock yourself into that because there's other stuff you can't control. I can't control if Ka- what Kawhi Leonard's check is. I can't control that these guys make $48,000 a game or $48,000 a quarter or some, some crazy number like that at the every game. It's a crazy high number, but they put in the work and they're in a profession that pays them that money. I can't. I can't view my experience through that lens. I don't even know. Right. I can't. I can't even fathom that. Right. My thing is just that the low management piece. You're charging me for that player being there. I need 
that. Like that, that's the part that that matters to me as the fan. It's like if you're gonna charge this much money to sit with a view of the scoreboard because Golden State is playing in Brooklyn and the whole Golden State game doesn't play or Steph doesn't play, and you know, like he's on the marquee, you know that's why my ticket was $350 and I'm way up above the scoreboard. Then that's that's the part that they need to discuss. The team is irrelevant. That fine is irrelevant to any team. Steve Ballmer is a billionaire. He paid $2 billion cash, no bank loan, no credit check for his team from Donald Sterling. Mm -hmm. So it's like that, that, that million dollar fine, maybe it's embarrassing or maybe people just pay it. Or they were like, okay, whatever. I'll pay it. I'll pay this million dollar fine or this $5 million fine, or I'll write you a blank check and you can put the number in at the end of the year. But I'm Mark Cuban and Luca's not playing this game (laughs) against, yeah, Luca's not playing a game against Miami and then Orlando. And then we got San Antonio and Houston back to back. Like now you can just go ahead and take that $4 million for this week. Cause I'm sitting Luca. And, and so that's the thing is like, if the money's going back to the fans, if I could do a voucher for my ticket, then I'm with it. But if that's not the case, then it's just, this is just, this is just show money. Like going back to your Mark Cuban point. If they were to sit Luca and get fined for it, I could see Mark Cuban getting on TV saying something like, yo, if Adam needed a million dollars, all he had to do was ask. (laughs) (laughs) That's something I would do, you know, but. And he'll he'll get fined. He'll get fined more money for that. And he still won't care. He still won't care. But on that note, you know, ladies and gentlemen, sports reports is ordered. You know, we had some fun tonight. You know, hopefully you all will enjoy it. You know, like, review, subscribe, leave us some feedback, comments, chats, all that good stuff. Share, share, share. You know, thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the YouTube love. Absolutely. Trying to get 20,000 views before the end of October. That's right. We will be back on Monday, you know, with some reaction and everything and just off with another week. I'm like, oh, look at the, oh, look at that, look at that. Say hi, Winston. You know, said trying to be a part of the show. I heard you. You know, <laughs> said I'll let you on the second. But yeah, so America, thank you for everything. You know, thank you for checking us out and everything. And we will be back with more for you. And of course. Having some technical difficulties here. My button isn't working. There we go. And of course, when we come back, we'll have even more love for you. Peace. Peace.